The world always has an original, whether it is in art or whether it is in every day. What happens if this is replicated and remade? Does it live up to the original? The Literary License Podcast explores the world of the original and remake as we explore and see if the remake truly stands up to the original. With your hosts Joe Randazzle, John Wilson, Vicki Ray, and Keith Chago, where they ask the question, does the remake live up to the original? Welcome to Literary License Podcast's Make Remake, where we'll be discussing two films, the original and the remake, and this week we're doing Castle Freak from 1995, and the less than stellar version of the remake, which is to 2020. <laughs> so before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Vicki Ray with us. Hello, Vicki. Hi, everybody. We got Joe Randazzo. Hello, Joe. Hey, everyone. You got John Wilson. Hello, John. Hi, folks. And a new member to our Literary License Podcast family, we got David Collado. And I'm sure I mispronounced your surname. Did he so- say that right? <laughs> Make sure you say that- it right. Davide, correct him now. <laughs> correct him now in the beginning. So hi, everyone. It's Davide Cavallo. Cavallo actually means horse in, in Italian. So it's, Very cool. It's a funny fact. Nice. <laughs> so we got Davide. you and Leandro, like horse, I'll be able to <laughs> And I'm your host, Keith Shago. And before we get started, let's play. What have we done since last time we spoke to you? And we'll start with you, Vix. What have we done? Hey, what have you me. done since last time we spoke My to you? My life is so uneventful. Uh, not a lot at all, really. Asher's, well, we try to take a motorcycle when we can, but it's been too cold. But what did I do? I've watched some stuff. I watched The Pale Blue Eye, finally. Did not understand why everybody hated it. I liked it. I thought it was okay. I, it wasn't I, I, super great, but it didn't totally suck balls. That, you know? That's kind of how I felt about it. I was like, all right, it's it's there. It you know, it's it's it not terrible. Near as wasn't near as bad as the Hitchhiker. What, what do you think? What is that movie I was telling you about? The documentary, The Hitchhiker, that has. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen. Oh, that that's one. that's good actually. Yeah, felt, that was weird about, though. What is it called? Um, the, the hatchet wielding hitchhiker or something like that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a documentary. Or... Yeah, it's an actual yeah, true story about oh. some, some guy who was one of those regular people, like a beach bum kind of guy, and everybody loved him. And yeah, but every- you know something. You know something though. I, I because the thing is, he didn't go around America hatching people. No. So so basically, what happened is he helped he helped save this woman who's getting who's on um, this guy was trying to murder first of all he's this guy plows through and goes i'm going to kill all the black people and like runs over this black yeah. person in the street and then um and then he go and then this woman comes out tries to tell him all oh, you need goes to tell, yell at the guy and the guy grabs him and he's like gonna kill her so he basically takes his hatchet not with the sharp end with the blank hat and like beats him smash, over the head smash, and, and, smash, and, the way he describes and, it and yeah, yeah and he and say and saves the woman's life so anyway like most things is that he became this internet sensation and yeah. of course all the all the talk shows wanted him and everything like this interesting so um yeah. they started interviewing him and stuff like this and then um and then after a couple months um started you know and he, he's a homeless guy anyway and he, he does have psychological issues going yeah, on at the same time definitely but then kind of find out that um two or three months prior to um to this incident with the, him saving this woman's life that he murdered this judge. Oh wow! And he and he says and he says to his own thing that he said it was self defense that he woke up and that he was drugged, 
and that he woke up and there was cum, there was cum on him. Yeah, but all over but, his head and everything. <laughs> yeah, but, oh but the God. thing is, is that because 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 six months later they found him. First of all, there's not going to be any evidence of the no. Judge. And yeah. another thing is, this guy's a judge, so they just threw the book at him, and so it's not going to. Wow. So it's not. It's more of a he said, she said. He's still trying to is, appeal. So, but did he wake up and the person was dead too? So, like he blacked no, no, out. He, and he, yeah. he woke he... up and he woke up and attacked them. Well, oh, now okay. he actually let him take him to the station to catch a train, but he missed it and called back this gentleman, and he came back and picked him back up. And he brings. And that's when all that happened. And it just, it's just, it's you got to watch. It. I have it's to. Weird. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it because that's crazy. I wow. think it's called but the hatchet swinging hitch. The hatchet, the hatchet wielding. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I just threw, I just threw it on a on a on a watch list here for myself. And now I. It's don't... weird as hell. You probably like. But the, it. I... but the thing is, in true Hollywood media fashion, it's like everyone turned against them from that yeah. point forward. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean. You know, and the thing is, he might be lying. It's, there's a possibility. But another thing, you also have to remember that it was a judge who was well respected, and there, and who's not but you married. Don't know. Oh, who's, who's not, not married? married. And yeah. to be honest, you know, it's a bit like killing a policeman. You know, chances are, chances of you getting yeah. off with that are probably very, yeah. very rare. Even so. if he was, or, or even if he was married, because that would make it worse, right? But like, you know. Yeah, but on that note, I watched. There was an, also another documentary out. Was called Helter Skelter. It was made 2020, and Scott started binge watching it. So I started binge watching it with him, and it was actually really good. It had a whole bunch of crap about what we you didn't really. There was a lot of more in depth stuff that was really going on with the Manson family. They got into the Inman case more, and it just it was just really wild. How, how a lot of things, the dynamic of the, how things worked, it was weird. But I thought that was a really good, I think it was like seven episodes. And then there was something stupid called, was it Dead Detectives or something like that? It was about these ghost hunters. And I don't know, but it's just something a little more fun instead of, you know, slash them up, you know, put them in garbage bags, whatnot. I was trying to find something funny, you know, a little more higher vibrational. But then I ended up watching True Blood, started watching that again. So I love True Blood. I thought it was a great show. I'm kind of like almost through season for the first season. I can't get into it because I hate, I don't like the woman, the girl in it. I don't want to play Right, Snooki, is that her name? Yeah, Yeah, um, I just love how he calls her Snooki. Snooki, that's it, Snooki. (laughs) And what was that? Um, The End of Us. I think I start with- uh, No, The Last last of Us. Last of Us, The Last of Us, The Last of Us. And I watched- that's i'm really looking forward to i heard that got Um, really great reviews so i thought i I was gonna hate it i i don't like pandemic movies but i'm I'm gonna be waiting till the end of the uh the end of the season and then i'll i'll probably binge watch it over a couple of days i'm the same way yeah i'm the same i can't wait i want to see what happens now (laughs) they really sold me especially with the you know the guy that played in um well they both were in game of thrones yeah both in game of thrones you know what it took me a minute to figure out that he was the the, the brother, the handsome Arabian. Yeah, the brother, the, the brother that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one who was the one who was sleeping with everyone, and his sister. Sleeping. He was sleeping with his sister and everyone. Well, yeah. the incest is best on Game of Thrones. Oh, I was gonna say that's just a that's just natural. If, if yeah, you yeah. if you have a bunch yeah. if you have a big moral code, Game of Thrones and House of Dragons is not gonna be for you. No, so don't well, even. Well, I mean, in, incest is the game the whole family can play. So. It is. <laughs> 
little bit messy in the situation, but you know. <laughs> Brother, brother, dad, mom, you know. But other than that, just recovering from the holidays. What about y'all? Um, I don't know. What about you, Joe? What have you been up to? Uh, just kind of kicking back and watching movies. Um, uh, what did I see this week? Uh, is that, uh, I finally watched Blowout, the uh, the De Palma movie, which is it's a John it's a De Palma movie I've never Sam seen Allen. before. Oh, I love I, Blowout. I don't I know do. why I waited this long to see it, but I, I uh, it was like Saturday, you know, Sunday night. I was I got home from work and I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm winding down. I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna throw on a movie. And man, I am sorry I waited this long to see Blowout. Um, I absolutely loved it. Nancy uh, Allen was great in it. Oh, Nancy Allen's always fantastic. But it's um, sad. It's such a sad, depressing film. With the I did not expect that ending. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to save her, and I was a little uh, spo- spoilers for this forty-year-old. No, movie. definitely a spoiler now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoiler: Travolta does not save the girl because he, he doesn't make it in time. Uh, though the decisions he was making at the end kind of made it so that I don't see how he would have been able to actually save her. Uh, but really, really love that. Um, other than that, I've been watching a lot of, uh, uh, I, I finally watched Gone Girl because I know you guys covered that a little while back. Oh, a yeah. Months back. <clears throat> yeah. I, I was home on, uh, on Tuesday and I was like, fuck it. Let me just throw it on. And, Wasn't she a nice and- person? <laughs> <laughs> Look, though, he deserved that shit that happened to him. Just saying. I, they they yeah. were they were both they were both assholes. I think she took it a bit far. You know, he cheated on me. So let me frame him for my murder. What is it? Nothing worse than a woman scorn, like literally in this situation. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, God. I mean, when she rapes herself with the wine bottle, he's like, God, you're dedicated. You're a dedicated bitch. She was. <laughs> I mean, and then point. uses and uses a guy. I mean, that other guy, like completely, like, hey, you're gonna, we're gonna make you go crazy. Well, yeah. uh, to be honest, it's so good to see Neil. Pat- I mean, Neil Patrick Harris get killed. I mean, that was the highlight of the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the other thing is I didn't expect it to be that violent either. Like yeah. the, the whole time this movie, is, I didn't you know, either. It's yeah. dark, but then that scene just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was definitely yeah, psychologically shocking. Well, we covered that in our book, The Screen. So we, you know, the book, the book is fantastic as well. But the movie is brilliant. I mean, I've seen that movie quite a few times, and it's, I mean, it's perfect in every way. I can't think of anything that faults that movie whatsoever. Wasn't that's, it kind that's... of based on a true story? No, Gillian Flynn. It comes out of Gillian Flynn's um personality or her imagination. I guess just saying that her personality yeah. <laughs> it comes out of her imagination. Well, we she don't know the couple. She wrote a couple like that, right? No. Yeah. Well, Gone yeah. Girl um, is one of the fastest selling, best-selling novels. I think it. I think it sold more copies than the Bible when the book came out. Wow. So. No kidding. Huh? Yeah. Uh, the, the the DVD was five ninety nine, so I didn't pay a lot for the DVD either. So it was uh, it was mm. worth it. I sick. It would it would have been worth a lot more than six bucks, but the six bucks I paid for it was totally worth it. Yeah. I mean, I think you can't really go wrong with David Fincher films anyway, for some reason. Exactly. I, I've yet to see a bad film of his yet. Right. I haven't I, seen Mank yet, I, but I mean, I think even that got nominated for an, for a bunch of Oscars, didn't it? So it's probably very good. And I love Orson Welles, so I don't know why I haven't, I haven't watched mm-hmm. Mank yet, but I got I to gotta see that. I mean, he made The Social Network interesting, and that could have been a really boring film. Yeah, that would have... I actually 
watched it. I can't believe I thought I was going to hate it, but it kind of was engaging. But yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I can't think of a bad Fincher movie that I've seen, at least. Maybe there's Even Alien Space is interesting. Yeah. There's your bad Fincher film. Yeah, yeah, but it is it is interesting. It does seem like it's bad because it got kind of pulled out of his hands. Like that one's notorious for a lot of studio interference. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's and it's kind of hard to follow aliens anyway. So but I yeah. but I I say he gave it an interesting look and he gave his own spin on it. So I'll give him that. So yeah. I don't hate it. It's not as bad as resurrection. I mean, what what the first two movies in that series, it's kind of how the hell are you going to follow them? Yeah. Yeah. But Alien 3 is still better than the Prometheus films. Oh, God. Yeah. I so. hate. I hate. Well, and, and it's hard them. with those movies. It was so hard to like watch them because you I had such high expectations. I'm now going to go in with low expectations because every time I saw it, I was like, why the hell would you take it this route? Like it was, you know, versus like aliens had a clear set and course and this it just seemed like. How do we make a bigger alien? How do we make them <laughs> like it was just like the most ridiculous, you know? Well, you know, what didn't make sense to me, basically. So you got Prometheus, which is the prequel to Alien. And so you're watching it. And then it's like then they had it all set up. So basically you have the alien in the spaceship sort of thing where the eggs are going to be around it where John Hurt's going to land into it. Right. And they messed it up. It's yeah. just like, what? It's like yeah. you just messed up the setup for Alien. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I I think what I, I think what ended up I ultimately Alien and Aliens were films brought to the studio by a filmmaker who had a clear vision of what he wanted to do. The rest of them are just 20th Century Fox going, hey, this made us money. Let's go make more. Yeah. And that that, <clears throat> that it, well, they exist. For well, the I think reason. they're also trying to go back and trying to make it like, let's fill in the dots like where. But like he said, if you open a movie where it's like like a crash site and then all you there's aliens and stuff, and then you try to reinvent that. It's like, well, then you got to go back and keep with that. You got like, to you, you got to have the you got to end the movie with the alien in the spaceship in the chair. Yeah. That 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 John Hurt and the other one find when when they first land. You got to have that there. Yeah, but you they, can't they, just take that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now it's like because it starts off well. I mean, it's like okay, well, well it's good. Well, it's leading here. Oh, well, now here. Oh, this you know the aliens in this you know thingy now. So it looks like okay, it's gonna go here. It's gonna go here, and then all of a sudden it's like he Wait, gets the out, starts, out. He goes out, starts <laughs> shooting, and going after everyone. You're like, go back what? to the chair. You need to go yeah. back to the chair. You gotta go back. <laughs> you can't come out. Yeah. But I mean, the alien, I mean, the alien franchise, I mean, the first set of alien, I mean, they're interesting anyway, because they did take these avant-garde new young directors and let them basically have their feel for it. But yeah, you know, I mean, Josh Whedon wrote Alien 3. Well, it still was kind of dark and, you know. Well, they're well, doing, I mean, I, I like, I like that they were trying to do, I, I mean, whether they were successful i do like that they were trying to do something each one tried to give it its own look and its own feel so i, I give it credit for those right yeah. and they also did a lot with the android element of it like it's not just the alien it's like you know then the, the only thing that lost me in this sequel was a um it wasn't prometheus what was the next one covenant oh. Right. Yeah, second one. yeah. So Covenant, it basically insinuates that the AI is what creates the aliens that we know. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. so really? I'm like, I yeah. Seen 
it was it was it basically is a raging ai you know a raging um not cyborg what would you call it android maybe that like basically gets abandoned on this planet and he starts doing science and trying to figure out how do i create my own it's a bit like the matrix you know you got the matrix film the first one's really good and then the rest of them are they go far so far up their own arse that you don't know what the hell they're talking about yeah yeah like that so the first two were okay well, I like Alien versus Predator. I like those films. I do. I, I like actually. Good. I like Aliens. A lot of people don't like that one, but I do. Or was it Predators? I'm thinking Predator. of. I, oh, Predators is good with uh, Adrian good. Brody. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Those. Predators is good, and I I actually like the other one that was set on Halloween uh, that came out like either right before or right after that one. Prey? I think it's the Predator. I think. Are you talking about Prey really too? Prey is really Prey was good. awesome. Prey is really yeah, good. Prey is awesome. Uh, the I think it's just called the Predator. I think that's uh, that. I think I you're that right. Way. I think you're right, Joe. But I think I think Still, the pre- I think the HBO Predator films do so well because they were actually kind of low budgety kind of films that they let people. It seems like the directors who've done it have gone their own directions, but yeah, they but they never did this. Um, they never felt like they needed an origin story, and I think that's probably the reason why they do so well. There's never yeah. an origin story in a Predator film whatsoever. No, no. It's and by the way, the mecha- mechanics are always the same. It is this hunter, right? And the hunter is always the the main, you know, focal point. Not I always like a mutated alien. Let's keep mutating it. And let's keep doing that. It's like I like how he always it. shows respect towards the other person, though that that the human that's fighting him. You know. Oh yeah, it's it's mutual. Well, respect we don't me. we don't even get you scenes of the predator and why he's doing what they do at all really the hunting it's a hunting it's, trip. it's a hunting and yeah but, but i'm saying that sport. but they don't but they don't we don't need to go into their back history or their Correct. Story, no, right? no, not they, at just, all. they just show up at different times and then basically use at least we know game. about that gun what was it 1792 the gun the little musket gun, gun that ended up being in predator 2 yeah so so yeah so it's quite good what about yourself john what have you been up to um besides winning the nobel peace prize no just kidding um i finished you too wow (laughs) yeah oh my god um i just finished a book called hidden pictures um by jason i'm gonna chop his name up raculak um really good great book so i recommend highly recommend um in a nutshell it's about a woman who is a nanny to a five-year-old and the kid starts to draw these very interesting pictures. And then he's like, what the hell is going on with this? You know, he's, start, he's drawing pictures of the family. And suddenly it's pictures of a man choking a woman, a man dragging a woman's oh, body shit. in the forest. And, and the book actually has the pictures in there. So it's kind of cool to be like, oh, that's how the kid drew the pictures. Um, fun book. Very fun. Sounds, Easy sounds read. Like my childhood. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then uh, I I finally caught up on some shows, caught up on Wednesday, um, caught up on The Crown. Uh, I caught up on those, loved them both. Yeah, loved them both. Um, and yeah, just been working, working on a project myself, a writing project, and then helping a friend with his writing project, giving edits to him. So a very productive start to the year. Very much so. <laughs> and well, yourself, David, what have you been doing? Gosh, compared to you guys, you guys are doing so much stuff in your spare time. Well, um, work, 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 work. <laughs> so I'm working in a cybersecurity company here in Cambridge. Uh, just Very cool. Busy, 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 constantly. I've been sent to London yesterday to train some of my colleagues. I'll be going on Monday and Tuesday as well, which is cool. Um, 
But yeah, I need to find the time. I find a little bit of time to watch stuff on Netflix and all Disney uh, channel um, while I'm on the train or while I'm going on my break. I'm reading actually The Color Purple as well because we're kind of getting into right. that in three weeks, I think. Love, um, that's such great, great book. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I never read it. I, I watched the movies in the past, but... Yeah, um, I never read it I'm either. Impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm The show it. is <laughs> ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I kind of also stopped because I, I used to watch much more stuff. Now this is a kind of a busy period. So I was watching Charmed or well, re-watching Charmed. I stopped. I was re-watching Angel. I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like... Uh, it's okay to have a life. <laughs> Those, by the way, used to be my jam in the morning. Every time I would wake up, it would be a, uh, on TNT. They always replayed Charm, uh, yeah. Buffy, and yeah. Angel. Oh, the lineup every day, Supernatural, yeah. yeah. Lineup. Definitely. Buffy, oh, I must have watched that four times so far in my life. I'll need to get back into it again because I love Buffy. I just fell in love with the TV show. And the first it. time I, I watched it was just a couple of years ago only. And I'm I really kind of missed that series. <laughs> They, well, was... it's one of those I wish I wish they would somehow do something with that, but it doesn't have to be her. It'd be kind of because you could always have another Slayer over here, and so right. I wish they, I wish they would do something again, there's like talk. a reimagining of talk, it. But... Yeah. Well, there's the porn version of Muffy. For the logos. The vampire, the Muffy, the vampire Slitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or the, or the vampire diver? <laughs> the, the vampire muff diver. diver. Muffy, the muff diver. Muff diver. <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, besides this, uh, nothing else going on. That's that time of what? year. There really isn't a whole lot going on in the winter for anybody, really. So It's probably because it's winter. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I've been watching, I watched the Spectre documentary, which was excellent. Um, I kind of wish it went more into his career and then gone into murder. I would rather have like, yeah, about Phil Spectre. It has like two episodes of his career and then the last three is about the murder. Okay. Is, the, the murder is not that interesting, really. I mean, he died of COVID in prison, which was, I thought- more His life fun, was interesting, interesting though. He was an interesting person. Yeah, I think I would have preferred three to three and a half episodes of his career and then the last, Two episodes, the last episode and a half being about the murder because I mean, I mean that the trial was quite horrendous, really. I mean, the thing is, is like when they were showing her show reel, it's like Phil Spector and all that side of the court were laughing at the at the woman right. that died, you know, and kind of like in like a really bad taste. But, yeah, but, but it's yeah. but. Dude, but, yeah. it's, but it's really i mean it's really good. I mean this i mean it's about a guy who's you know who's brilliant at what he did, but he's just fucking nutter, those, wasn't he? So those anyways, yeah. the douchebag, basically. Did you guys see but, the uh, the Al Pacino movie about Phil Spector? Yeah. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Phil Spector. I can't remember. Al Pacino plays Phil Spector, but it's quite funny because he kind of doesn't look like him. At all. Uh, I, I think it's an HBO original movie, so it's probably on HBO Max. I know that's, I, that's how I saw it, it like, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I saw but it. I didn't hear about that one. I think he won like a, like like an Emmy or something or for Or a Golden it. Globe or some shit. Or maybe a yeah. Golden Globe. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty quick too. It's only like ninety minutes. It's not even. He kind of pops up everywhere every once in a while. Al Pacino does. Like, oh, Al Pacino's in this. Yeah. Well, he's in the the Amazon second season of Hunters Hunters. now. So I I I gotta watch it. I I had to rewatch the first episode to get into it again 
because I, I, I just couldn't. And now that I'm three in, I get it now. So well, it's been like two or three years since the first season, wasn't it? Yeah. Because oh, they have, no. because they were supposed to do it, and then COVID happened, and of course that yeah. laid everything off for two years. So I'm yeah, I'm not, I, I haven't wait. watched it yet. I need to get back into it. He's 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 in a lot of those uh, red box uh, geezer teasers, you know, like uh, the 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 action movies that star that will star like him or Bruce Willis or you know some other uh, someone else who was like in a lot of action or crime movies thirty years ago, but now they're they're doing all these. Ten dollar red box movies. <laughs> he's in. He's in a lot of those too. I mean, yes, every time I hear Al, I, I, every time I hear Al Pacino's name, I just think of what my my mother used to call him Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> I call him Al, Al Cappuccino. Pacino in it. <laughs> I call him Al Cappuccino. Well, then uh, Jack and Jill might be right up your alley because they make that joke. Oh no! <laughs> oh, you, oh, you don't know about that the the Dunkachino thing. They, uh, Adam Sandler plays like a marketing executive, and he gets Al Pacino to do a to do a commercial for Dunkin' Donuts, and it's oh out, and they show the they show the whole commercial as it comes out. Al Pacino walks in, and the 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 I guess it's still called barista. I don't know if that's just a star, barista. but like, yeah. oh hi Al, it's not Al anymore. It's Dunk Dunkachino, and it goes right into oh god, <laughs> goes into oh, a Dunkachino, cringy song and dance. And then it cuts to Adam Sandler and Al Pacino in Adam Sandler's office with Al Pacino telling him, we need to make this disappear. Nobody must know about this. <laughs> their yeah, families, like, contact everybody on the crew, contact their families. We got to make sure nobody hears about this ever again. They must be spoken to. Like, it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> we had, um, we had someone on the show that we interviewed who, who did dark, who had something to do with dark shadows, but he directed the documentary "Looking for Richard" with Al Pacino, didn't he? I oh, love looking for Richard. Looking for Richard. Yeah, so he's talking about working with Al Pacino during the interview, and he's talking about that that he was really scared to meet him, but he's actually a really nice guy. He was quite shocked that he was a nice guy, sort of thing. So I thought, oh, that's quite nice because sometimes you hear about these people, and you're like, oh god, poor dears. <laughs> so. um well, let's see what else I've been up to. I've been watching some reality TV programming. So, yeah, that's probably something not to be proud of, but I'm enjoying it anyway. <laughs> um, and I'm this weekend, I'm going to take my Christmas tree down finally because I'm going to have time. So, Yay! Yeah. Is it a live one or a fake one? Because if it's alive, that thing must be like... Well, if it, it was a live one, it would probably look more like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I was going to say, no, needles everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, boo if it was live, Booby dragging all those all over the place because poor thing's getting old now. So he's kind uh, of a bit, he's getting a bit decrepit in his old. I think my cat has dementia. It's quite sad. Oh, it's funny. Poor little one. <laughs> he eats and they can't remember that he ate. So I <laughs> poor thing. That's kind of sad. Yeah. It's kind of sad, but he but he looks at you so he just he just has his face that he looks at you like he's starving to death. He's like, I just fed you. <laughs> like, yeah. How old is he? How old is he's been? thirteen now? He's Aww. thirteen, so he's yeah. you know the pet you know the shoe's gonna drop eventually. So I'm just you know waiting for that day to happen. So, but but yeah, I mean he's still I mean he's still running around and stuff. He's outside at the moment, killing things. So he's fine at the moment. <laughs> You know, he probably doesn't know what he's killing because he's, you know, or, he, or he's probably he's probably killing it and going back and killing it again because he forgot that he killed it the first time. But he's fine besides it's, that. So. Not dead. I'm gonna kill it again. <laughs> sort of but as other than that, not a lot going on. Still working. Um, still working on my book and stuff like this. And then um, I had to put my. 
finished all my contracts that Nina put me on. So I had to put those on hold for a couple months before I get back started on those. So kind of need a couple months just to recharge a little bit and get rid of my nasty personality because I really hate everyone and everything and everything at the moment. So I'm trying to <laughs> I just think trying you to pull just myself out of this dark hole. I just think you should just burn it all down. Just get. <laughs> I as well, soon as he started I mean, saying, I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm, I'm going. I'm seeing patients at the moment. I'm thinking to yourself, like, why don't I just let you die? <laughs> why am I keeping you alive? <laughs> and this what's going through my mind all the time. <laughs> I, 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 I was just hearing him say my horrible personality. I'm like, is Vicky gonna take? Like, that's obvious bait. Is Vicky gonna take it? <laughs> Uh, she, she know she knows better. I own her. I own her. I own she was you. nothing till she met me. I found her in a gutter. I tolerate you. I tolerate a lot. Nobody knows the hell. Nobody knows the pain. <laughs> Don't worry, Vicky. Your monthly check is in the mail for this. <laughs> I was going to say some really disgusting back and I ain't going to do it. And now for our concert, how to buy your own personal body bag. Here you go. <laughs> and or trunk. <laughs> And on that note, what we're going to do is cover Castle Freak from 1995, which is an American direct-to-video horror film directed by Stuart Gordon. The film stars Jeffrey Coombs as John Riley, an American recovering alcoholic who inherits an Italian castle with a distant relative passes away. John stays at the castle with his strange wife, Susan, and blind daughter, Rebecca, but a freakish monster locked away in the basement escapes and commits a series of murders. Castle Freak went into production in 1994 after Gordon noticed art for the film and produced to John Band's office. Gordon agreed to develop the film on Band's condition that the film takes place in a castle contained a freak and would be shot on a very low budget. Gordon replies as he would be able to cast who he wanted in the film and would get the final cut. The film was shot in 1994 in a castle owned by Band in Italy, where Gordon had previously shot The Pit and the Pendulum. The film was shot during a period where Full Moon Features was having financial issues and released to Little Press on home video in November 1995. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer of Free Castle Freak and be right back. Stuart Gordon, the director of Fortress, The Pit and the Pendulum, and Reanimator takes you into the dungeons of Castle Dorsino. Now an American family. Welcome to Castle Riley, lady. Will inherit a legacy of evil. They say the castle is home. And a master of modern horror. <laughs> will unleash his most terrifying creation. Stuart Gordon's Castle Free. There's somebody else here! There, there's somebody in the castle! <laughs> Shoot. 
search the castle. Giorgio Dorsino. He was never buried. She kept him alive. He's here somewhere in the castle. Reanimators Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton. In Stuart Gordon's Castle Freak. Hello, welcome back to the Legends Podcast. We're covering Castle Freak from 1995. And starting with you, David, what are your thoughts of Castle Freak from 1995? Okay, so I'm not a massive fan of horror movies especially with one with with gory stuff inside it so this one definitely had some of that well so, you picked the right week to begin a little bit like <laughs> <laughs> ripping the band-aid right off definitely there aren't you? definitely just like jump right in <laughs> you could have been here for necromantic it could have been worse oh, yeah it definitely, definitely toughened me no up a idea. bit <laughs> So it was it was quite interesting to be honest. Um, then obviously I watched also the, the remake, so I could do, do a little bit of a comparison. Um, it was quite interesting. So from my perspective, I could, could definitely tell that it was set in Italy. I could see the people be like, "Oh, that's Italian. That's Italian. That's mm-hmm. definitely Italian." And then I was looking at, for example, the girl at some point in the scene, you know, when they were having sex, and I was like, mm, "I don't think she doesn't she doesn't look very Italian." So it was quite interesting. Um, it was a quiet. Um, you can tell someone's Italian, Italian by why they're having sex. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I like to. Can you elaborate on that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I mean, if, if if you go to like um, a foreign country, I'm sure you can be like, oh, I, I, that person looks American. I, don't don't you? I think you can pick us out a million miles away. I know that people can pick us out. I've been to quite a few places. They, yeah. <laughs> Americans stick out like American. a sore thumb usually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you point me to Leicester Square, please? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I am right now. I don't know where I am. Um, but yeah, so it was quite an interesting movie. Um, besides the gore, it was a very interesting, from, from my perspective, I'm very much of a person who's kind of like, okay, so this person has committed a crime. Okay, let's see the reasons behind the crime. Let's try to understand the story of the person, why they committed, whatever. So the, this movie was very much like, yeah, this monster was basically um, abused and it was horrible and whatever, but it's still a monster. And I was like, no, let's try to find, let's try to understand if he's got some reason, does I'm understanding why he did what he did. And was, at the end, it was like, it's very hard, actually. It's very difficult. <laughs> so trying to, not justify it, but understanding the reason behind it. It's and then just- Mindless, it's just I, mindless horror, really. Yeah. I think it's also, I think it's interesting because it's like the most extreme version of Stockholm syndrome for yeah. for a thing. Oh, and, yeah. And it was, okay. it was, to me, it was sad because I think I, I felt bad for Giovanni. It like, I think it, like, that's, it, it was just like one of these moments where can you imagine just being locked in a room for your entire life and, beaten like the logic though behind it is like you're getting fed and you're getting beaten why don't you just starve you know well, like did i you guess you're trying to she was him... feeding giorgio though he was getting yeah it's like, like sausage and bread like, or something was it moldy yeah. sausage and a hunk of bread no it was um what was what's the sausage called um 
It's it's not moldy. Like a salami, it's just, but it's like a salami. salami yeah. It's like a salami, but I mean, it only became moldy tasty. when she died. When she dropped dead, then it was like moldy bread, and yeah, um, it was just the way she was cutting it. It was very phallic. I just it, felt, you know, I felt sorry for him. You, it's like one of these things. Him. If you could ever create a creature <laughs> and stick it in a a space to where it rampages and kills people i still felt sorry for him like in a way well yeah i mean he finally gets loose and the poor guy gets penile erection failure i mean it's yeah i mean actually i think i think that she might have even chopped his wee i was gonna say i think she chopped his wee wee off i guess it looks like she chopped his weenie off yeah yeah he's got remember remember the the girl uh i i mean i'm assuming she was a prostitute she tries to kind of oh and then she realized there ain't nothing there like she wasn't going and she was not happy about yeah. her. Ooh, well, maybe that's happy. why he was unhappy because maybe he was born with like an inverted penis. Yeah, it could have been. Mm. I think yeah. I think she tortured. I mean, if a man, because I'm assuming the story was a, her husband cheated on her and left her and left her with child. Yes, that that is the so. Best. So basically, yeah. she's like, I'm gonna hate all men and I'm gonna oh you're a boy so I'm gonna chop your penis off and you know like I think she just took all of her rage out on her own son, which was so sad you know yeah um it's basically like sleepaway camp kind of <laughs> pretty much <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, doesn't chop off the uh the, the it doesn't chop off uh the penis no yeah but it's kind of yeah, like I'll, oh, i wish i had a daughter yeah <laughs> i wish i had a daughter so i could turn into be a man-hating daughter i, I recently <laughs> i recently watched that for uh uh because I, I appeared on uh, the Spoiler Room podcast where they were covering it. And I was just like, the, the, the idea behind that, well, I already have a boy, so you're just going to have to be We're just going to, we're going to make you a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just also, I love that it, it, you know, it takes place in this space, this huge castle, though it's kind of hilarious when you're like, you inherited a castle. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, like it's so like, what? Like, what? We got to have some reason to get the American actors in yeah. there, you know, because yeah. they, they had to sell the movie on something. Yeah. So you sell it on the director of Reanimator with the two stars of right. Reanimator, and everyone else is local, clearly. I will right. say though, too, in 100%. this, uh, when we do, we'll eventually talk about the other film. The plausibility of all the characters is believable. You know, the the wife hating her husband for what happened, and then you know, like I would say, he kind of just gave up very quickly, which is like, you know, once once she's like, I can I can't forgive you, and he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna start drinking again, and I'm gonna go sleep with this woman over here, you know. Kind well, of there's a whole quickly. family dynamic going on here, though. Do, did you yeah. think that? I don't know. I, I was watching other reviews and I was reading up on this. Do you think that he got some of his, I mean, you've got this huge place. It's almost claustrophobic. It's huge. You got a family in crisis, father drinks, hurts the children, kills one, blinds another. And yeah. then they come to this big place to do whatever. It's almost like the shining. Oh, very much. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. much. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm just wondering if he was kind of nodding to that, you know, Stuart Gordon, when he was when he was making this or not, because I, I, mean, I mean, I think that's kind of a great analogy because it, it's like, why won't you forgive me? Because we know in The Shining, the mm -hmm. mother is sort of same way with. Yeah, um, she's got to defend her child. Against yeah, the like you father. lost control and this is what happened and the consequence, you know, consequence. Right. Here's the consequence of your actions. And, you know, we're here as a family, though, I feel like in The Shining, 
she's trying to make it work. Whereas I think in this, she's over. Like she well, just is you like, got, I'm you here. You got the drinking father, but you got the pill popping mama too. Cause she's taking, you know, whatever sleep or whatever she's popping. But the yeah. dynamic between um, Barbara Crampton and, um, oh gosh. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. I mean, they just, they, they just have something. They're, they're, they're just so good together in this. They're, they're well, just this good together. And everything this is the third they do. movie together as well, isn't it? The third one, because yeah. from Beyond's yeah. in between Reanimator and this third one, one at right. least, at least, because there there yeah. there may there may have been others that 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 we that we don't know about, right? But, but yeah, Giorgio is is a feral, violent pervert. I mean, he's just been stuck downstairs forever, and I mean that guy. There's just no there's no hope for him at this point, and he it, it's just it's sad. But can you imagine also on top of being in this scary castle, this little girl can't see, but you have somebody who's living in your walls and traveling through your walls, <laughs> and, yeah. and it's just, it's just a total invasion. The whole movie is an invasion of personal space because Giorgio really isn't one to you know to ask permission to touch you. That's for sure. That poor <laughs> prostitute. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, that was just like, wow, that was that well, I, I mean, was like holding my boobs. But that. I also think, again, he like he's viewing all of this and like, you know, it's like I think it's like a, it's like a child, right? He yes, doesn't exactly. know what's exactly. going on. And so he sees, you know, him having sex with her and thinks, oh, that's Off what he's doing. Line. And he's also been starved, right? So he was starved for a while. And so that's why he yeah. he's very horny. The cat. <laughs> he hates you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's hungry. And horny. Yeah. yeah. He had pussy and it wasn't good enough for him, so he had to find more. Uh, do, you know, do you know that this film was blessed by the Vatican for fears of the effect it might have on its viewers? Oh, really? Oh, yep. God. So it gets a whole new version the of Vatican chastity, I'm just like saying. The Vatican, wow. No, the Vatican blessed it because it was probably praying for all of us sinners that were going to watch it. Yeah, because it's like it is like the highest form of chastity, like literally that, you know, he's like locked away and, you know, for, for the mother's the father's sins, you know, your child is locked away, you know. But at least you have redeeming characters, because I mean, I mean, we'll get into the other one, but uh, Jeffrey Combs, you almost feel sorry for him. He's he's just he's suffering from alcoholism. He's got all this guilt. His wife doesn't really want him anymore. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he, he screws. Was it Joe Bob says he has sex with his pants on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so is the Joe Bob version still yeah, up? Yeah, Joe Bob. But yeah, Joe Bob. Is that how you watched it? Yeah. I was trying to get the body count and the the titty count and everything else. Yeah, um, four, thirteen breasts, fourteen, sixteen breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh I also like the, barking. the yeah. juxt the juxtaposition of the boy and him his losing his son and that you know the other Giovanni is supposed to die when he was five and and then at the very end, like how the wife sees the police officer's son who is so it's like I like how that was sort of threaded throughout the film of this, you know, youth and dying and that, you know, like rebirth, you know, the son at the end. Kind of like thing, yeah. yeah. And, and kind of bad parenting. Yeah. That's kind of a little bit. because I mean, although although I don't know how, you know, maybe maybe through through modern eyes, like I, I would see the prostitute as she's doing what she's got to do to feed her kid. Like ultimately out of all the parenting in this movie, you got Giorgio's mom who, who beats him. You have yeah. Jeffrey Combs who gets drunk and kills one kid, blinds the other yeah. in, in, uh, while driving drunk. And then you, and then I think the prostitute's the one that just comes off to me like, 
you know what? She's out there fucking anything that moves, but she's doing it so she could feed her kid. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. The, because the, the police officer's stepfather, there was a line in there that like uh, uh, where the lawyer says everybody knows it's his kid, but he doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, so she's so, doing it on her own. She's raising the kid on her own. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Out, out of all the parents in this movie, <laughs> the prostitute. That's pretty yeah. bad too. Well, it, I mean, she's not like like he said. She's not like an addict, like trying to get a fix, right? She's she's literally like, I know this guy has money. We're gonna have sex, and literally as soon as we're done, like he he can barely even put his pants on. She's like, like give me my money, you know, like yeah, give and me my money. of course. Go. And then one for the guys. This is the third Stuart Gordon film in which Barbara Crampton's character reveals her breasts and has them groped by the antagonist. Now, remember Reanimator and From Beyond? Because you know, there's a lot of that going on in that. Well, yeah. Well, in Reanimator, she um, she basically had a head trying to give her head. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't <laughs> the, the head was like moving up on the table, and just like, no, don't go there. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I don't think no, anybody no, else could have yes, played yes, that part. Yes. Nobody else could have played that part other than her. They're just she has got more freaking. She's she, she's just a badass. I love Barbara Crampton. She does this out of a lot of all, a lot of actresses. I just adore her. And she still in her sixties looks like she did in this beautiful. movie. She's she still, still basically looks the same as she did in this movie, which is amazing. Yeah. She looks um, great. Yeah, she's ageless. <laughs> she really is. She really is. But I, I just I just can't imagine her anybody else doing this. And her and uh, Jeffrey Combs, they just have some kind of on-screen chemistry. When they do stuff, you know, they just really play well off each other, no matter what movie they've been in together. They just do. Yeah. She's just like, I mean, the thing is, um, so basically, the husband, Giorgio's father, basically is Jeffrey Combs' father. They're twins. Yes. Yes. They're twins. I don't know. Wait, were they twins? I don't think they were they can't twins. They be twins. Because, um, no, because he, he was born from a They're not mother. twins? Yeah, he's he born from the sister. He, the father runs off with his the, the wife's sister. Right. To America. So I'm. So that must be the connection. So he was right? raised properly, kind of. Whatever you want to call properly. So Giorgio's his cousin? or, or Yeah. Brother. Giorgio would be his half-brother. Cousin and step-brother. Yeah, he's half, yeah, half brother. No, half brother because they shared the same father. Oh wait, that's right. The second movies where there's twins, the sisters were born together. Yeah, that's why I got confused. Okay. Yeah, this was a different dynamic, a family dynamic, different. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah okay. Did you guys notice Giorgio bites off his thumb to get the yeah. cuffs off? But his thumb keeps popping back up in the movie. Was that thumb supposed to be there? Did he bite that sucker off? Maybe he can regenerate. I don't know. Um, well, I, mean, I think that has more to do with that. I think they shot the film like in two weeks. Yeah, well, I think it's a, a very quick I shoot. These things. By, by the way, when Keith was reading that intro, this was made during a time when Full Moon was uh, was having money issues. Was there ever a period right. where they weren't? No. I gotta say. <laughs> Full full moon. I full mean, moon was more like half moon because it couldn't afford the full. For a while in the nineties, or like a half moon at this direct point, direct to video yeah. arm of Paramount. <laughs> but even then, it's not like they had like amazing budgets. They always had like really, really, really low budgets. But so, for that though, if you think about it, I mean, this film was not didn't to me feel low budgety. I mean, especially the opening. I didn't scene, think so either. The opening the scene was like very. Castle. You felt in the element of it, like her going down and going into the dungeon and like that. It didn't feel like hokey. It felt very realistic, you know. 
I mean, yeah, that but he owned, didn't Stuart Gordon own that castle? No, Charles Band uh, owns, owned the castle. I shouldn't say the guy owned. from Full Moon owned the castle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Didn't, also, didn't, wasn't there a mention the of uh, pit, the, the pendulum, pendulum being filmed there? Huh? Wasn't there a mention of a pit and the pit there's a being lot of there? there. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Band like Charles Band like just loved his classic uh, his classic horror. Um, Meridian was filmed there. Um, pit, the pendulum was filmed there. Right. Uh, fuck, I'm blanking. A- any full moon movie that took place in a castle, like in the late eighties, it's a great. I think, uh, was the, I think a puppet master film was done puppet there. As well. Yeah, one of the puppet masters was done there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's. That's what those. Uh... I gotta start watching those again. I love Puppet Master films. I, I think, uh, yeah, they're all available. I mean, Full Moon now has their own um, streaming service. If so. you, Vicky, this might be right up your alley. If you uh, subscribe to Full Moon's uh, streaming service for the full year for like fifty something dollars, they'll send you the entire Puppet Master series on Blu-ray, or you. Or you choose 10 DVDs or Blu-rays that you want. And every year I've been re-upping just so I could get myself the 10 free, <laughs> the 10 free Blu-rays. So I, I can watch whatever they're putting out now and I can just collect all the old full they moon. They do a Tubi catalog. though. I've noticed Tubi has a lot of the full moon catalog now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Tubi, yeah. Tubi has a lot of them. So you can watch a lot of them there too. Well, uh, Puppet Master but- just came out with a couple of new films last was it last year or the year before last? Blade was a couple of years ago. It's the origin story for the Blade doll, and right. the Doctor Death movie just came out last year. I haven't seen that one yet. I haven't seen Doctor Death. Thing. Yeah, that that's that's their new that's the newest Puppet Master one, and they just <laughs> finished. I haven't seen it yet. They just finished Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama Two. <laughs> that sounds, Brink, sounds like a Brink winner. Stevens. Well, the first one's great. Uh, yeah, I yeah, love the first one's fun. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, Brink Stevens, who plays Taffy in the original, and uh, you know, dies in the way somebody named Taffy should. You know, it's Taffy Pole. Yeah. Um, spoilers again for this forty-year-old movie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she she came back and directed uh, the second one, which just came out. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I will. I will probably see it by the time we we do our our next podcast next week. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably sit and watch it. Um, but yeah, Full Moon's always had uh, back to Castle Freak. Full Moon has always kind of had kind of financial problems. So I, you know, the idea that this was made during a time when they had financial problems, when was that ever not the case? Well, know? they did yeah. kind of eke yeah. their way back up into the system though, because the 90s was really hard for, for independent film and whatnot. I mean, I think they're I think financially, I think they're probably now they're probably doing even worse. I mean, the budgets on these movies that Full Moon comes out with now, they do not look very good for the most part. Yeah, um, they're very camcorder-like. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of like camcorder. Yeah, A lot of them are. And Charles Band now moved to Ohio, into like a giant house in Ohio, and that's kind of what he's now using as his base of operations. Um, I was reading the Full Moon, uh, uh, the book on Full Moon about a year ago, I think I read it. And it, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because I... Well, my first apartment in L.A. Uh, was right around the corner from where the original Full Moon office was. And I had no idea. No and in the, uh, in the book, the guy who wrote the book wrote about when he started out at Full Moon. And there's this IHOP across the street. Like, oh, I remember that IHOP it used to be open all night. And uh, yeah, the alley behind it, uh, he'd say sometimes he'd be uh, he'd be working in the Full Moon office. He'd look out the uh, he'd look out the window. 
on the alley behind the IHOP and see uh, hookers there giving hand jobs. To- <laughs> They're giving their own so version of the- IHOP. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they were doing at the Waffle House down the street. <laughs> the Waffle House, uh, they were just beating the shit out of everybody, <laughs> just knifing people. I don't think I ever been to an IHOP sober, so <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say IHOP should be I drunk. It's like late night, late night university place to go, like at three o'clock in the morning after you know, just just after um, after hours. Like, I've never been in an IHOP where I didn't feel like I could get stabbed at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> They're, the one down the road isn't too bad. It's kind of scary still. But I mean, I, I we go in there a lot. I mean, Asher likes to get pancakes. So I don't think I've ever driven to an IHOP sober. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever been in an IHOP. God bless sober. the eighties. I don't think anyone's ever been in an IHOP sober. Not By the way, is IHOP our new sponsor? <laughs> we should reach out to him for a sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> for all your alcoholic so- um, soaking up needs. Um, now that was long ways diner back home that's where everybody went at three in the morning i mean i i I mean it's quite interesting that um um, castle freak is based on an hp lovecraft anyway i mean i mean it's probably one of the shortest easiest lovecraft short stories to read anyway i think it's only like three pages long but but i think i mean but i think what keeps castle freak relevant and alive today i think it's Stuart gordon's filmmaking yeah. i mean he's yeah. done so much i mean to be honest there is heart in this film and even With though there's acting act- dramatically speaking uh barbara crampton and jeffrey combs are excellent as far as their portrayal of their characters i don't care it's, even blind cool. girl even blind girl does a decent job it, I yeah mean, you know, yeah to be honest if you cast someone in you know, the blind girl role you could you you're either going to get someone who's going to be very good at it or you can get someone who looks like they just stepped out of a soap opera doing it right yeah and he found someone that actually does quite well at it i mean even yeah the eye, and by the, the way it's, over. i was gonna say it's hard to pretend to be blind you know you were like it's like one of those things where i was expecting moments of like she clearly can see what's going on she did a good thing throughout the whole film right. and there's even like instances where a little bit of you know there, there is something like she's not she's scared but she's not terrified because she kind of maybe empathizes a little bit with you know well, she the can't freak. see him either though because no mean, i mean him. i mean when it when it comes to where it's now he's attacking her yeah that's a whole other thing right but i'm saying in the initial phases of it where she feels like there's something there it it doesn't feel as though it's like a terrifying thing for her like she's kind of i think she's a little bit more afraid of the relationship that's happening with her mom and dad that she's trying to keep and hold together than oh this, God, her brother's course. dead she's blind yeah. her father's yeah. an alcoholic they're in this uh, and it's, it's a line that basically has sex with her uncle yeah um, <laughs> um I, I feel like, too, there's also a little bit of a moment of that's similar, like, with the dads where they're like, why can't you just forgive me? And it's like, what? <laughs> You're blind or kid, you know? like Gil, the other one. I know. Yeah, I'm surprised they're even together. It's a lot also- to ask for forgiveness for, I'm just saying. you know. Well, they're yeah, there because really- they inherited that house and they want to dismantle it and sell piece by piece anything they can get. Yeah. But I also think it's quite interesting because you have the blind girl situation, but at the same time, here you got her dealing with being blind. And she's a pretty girl. Obviously, she could her whole life could have been, you know, looks like she could have had a fantastic future, but she's blind due to her father. But now she got a f- alcoholic father and a, a pill popping mother, and the way that she's maneuver, the way they got her character written is very well balanced, sort of yeah. thing. That she, yeah. you know, she's trying to be 
the center protection between the two, even yeah. though they're both tearing her in their own directions. Yeah. And I thought that was quite well handled in the script sort of thing. Cause yeah. I mean, for a film, for a film that's low budget as this, these kind of things tend to get sweeped under basically. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, well, we'll be experiencing a little bit of this in the next film we discussed. But it was like, basically the, these people are just there for founder, but they think, but Stuart Gordon's scripts are quite bizarre because everyone's quite well-rounded. All his characters <laughs> in his scripts are all well-rounded. The prostitute's yeah. well-rounded. The police well, well-rounded. Gotta, yeah. well, and she's be- not, she's not weak either, which is what I loved about she, like though the mother was protective of her being blind, she, she's very self-sufficient for a person who I'm assuming wasn't blind that long. Like it doesn't give a gap between the time of when, the brother died and this all happens, but well, this is clearly even fresh imagine because they look exactly the same in the car. Well, yeah. She so ima- so age. imagine like what a year, two years goes by and she's very, very self-sufficient for someone who just became blind. Like I would think that would feel like, you know, but it shows you how much she's navigating this new world and being confident in that. And that's, I love that about the character. It wasn't like, she was just this floaty, annoying character, like, mom, help me, mom, dad, help me. That like she was none of it was that. She was like, I got it. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, I'm good, you know. The I thing about the Stuart Gordon, thing. Stuart Gordon and Dennis, uh, Dennis Powley. Well, Gordon came up out of Chicago theater, so he knows how to direct actors. So he's a, he's gonna be able to get a great performance out of out of people. And with Jeffrey Combs, you don't gotta try that hard. Jeffrey Combs is one of those actors that's severely underrated. He nails yes, it and everything. He is. He is underrated. The the other thing, and Dennis uh, Dennis uh, Pauli is a great writer. Uh, you know, he, he was with him for Reanimator, was with him for uh, for From Beyond, and he was with him after this. The thing about Stuart Gordon and Dennis Pauli as a team is, yes, this movie's low budget, but if you see what they were coming off of six years prior, right. They came off of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. They wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So these guys any project that they're taking at this point and they are sticking to low budget horror. They're not doing this because they have to do it to feed the bills. If Stuart Gordon and Dennis Powley are taking a project on at this point, it's because they want to. Right. It's because there's something in this movie that they want to do. It's because they love the subject and they're going, and you're going to feel that a little more because like Keith said, Stuart Gordon's movies do have heart because he was, once he got through honey, I shrunk the kids. He's got Disney residuals coming in now. Right. He doesn't have to work if he doesn't want to. Anything he does at this point is a passion project. Right. And everything he did since Honey, I Shrunk the Kids were almost always exclusively low-budget horror. And even towards the end of his career, he would still get like William H. Macy, uh, George Wendt, people who, you know, who are, you know, well-known stars, well-known actors to come in and do his movies. He did that because he was able to just kind of do his own thing and put together passion projects. And I, I think that's what we're seeing with Castle Freak. Oh, excuse me. Is, you know, some people might dismiss it for being low budget, but this was, this was something Stuart Gordon literally saw the poster on Charles Band's wall said, Hey, do you have that? Do you have that made yet? Charles Band said, no. Stuart Gordon's like, I want to try it. Charles Band's like, fine. As long as you have a castle, a freak, freak, yeah, and, you know, and, and you know something, you know. Something I read like that himself. too. He just wanted a castle, and, a, and he wanted a freak. And that's keep all the budget. It took. Keep the budget under half a million. So he was like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll take Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, this unknown actress, fly him to Italy, cast everybody else once I'm there. I'll use Charlie Band's castle, 
the film stock is clearly not the best film stock. No. When you watch this movie. <laughs> no, well, you can tell the other one that we're going to get into later is that it's more digital, more digital. Oh, the, well, the other one, I, yeah. also, I also wonder because this is four by three, isn't it? Uh, yeah, was, well, is there a wide is there a widescreen version of this? I don't think so. I don't believe not so. That I've seen. These were made for VHS release. Yeah, these yeah. were these were just supposed to go right to VHS. All these ones. Yeah, yeah. So and so right then and there, that kind of and I'm kind of wondering if it. I mean, he might have shot it in four point three though. I mean, he might have shot it in sixteen point nine, the widescreen, but it got released in here and maybe the actual because I'm kind of looking at it because. And because if it, the reason well, why I say that because if it if it's filmed in sixteen point nine sort, right. sort of thing and it's that widescreen and they make it four point three, what they do is they click they the sides come they in and what they do is they have to, yeah. yeah well they have to bring the picture forward yeah so what happens is you kind of get this grainy kind of fuzzy effect which is what you tend to get with um old movies that were you know that you can't see it's a bit like if you watch how to how to marry a millionaire on tv right. if it's not widescreen you know and then you get this whole thing where it's pushed everything forward and then you got and then basically it's sliding back and forth but that's the thing yeah. this, this doesn't I, I, unless i unless i missed it this doesn't really pan and scan as much <laughs> which no. to me means Stuart Gordon centered everything, knowing this is going to be released solely on VHS. Yeah. It's not going to go into theaters. So let's keep all the action right here in this box in the middle because we can cut off the sides and it's not going to matter. I don't know if a version exists any other way, yeah. though. Because the only reason I'm saying that because there are there are parts in the movie that, even though it's filmed well, though I, he has a habit, like if you look at Reanimator and From Beyond and uh, right. the films he made before this and the films he made after, they are a lot sharper. Their pictures are a lot sharper. Yeah. And this picture, it does seem like it did, every copy that I see looks like it's from the VHS copy. Of right. This. It's not a bad thing. I'm not, you know, that might be the but, only version but, that exists. That's probably why. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering because there there is a Blu-ray version of this, but I haven't, I mean, I haven't gone out and bought it or seen it. So I'm kind of wondering if that. Because I was always writing for like Scream Factory or um, um, Vinegar Syndrome to come out with a decent version of it with like little extras and stuff because, you know, Jeffrey Coombs and Barbara Crampton are not getting any younger sort of thing. So I thought maybe catch them while they're here sort of thing. Even, not even that anyone's going to be dead anytime soon. My version was DVD, not Blu-ray, so... Yeah, my version's DVD as well. So I just kind of wonder if there, ha it's there not is even a Blu-ray version. what now, kind so. of film they used. I thought I saw it, but it looks like so. 16. I, I don't think they shot in 35. It looks like 16 mm -hmm. millimeter. Yeah. I don't know. Because that uh I I mean if they were I mean, also also, I mean, at this point they were they were still like or were they at this point the the direct to video arm of Paramount? I don't know if that was still the case at this point. Or if that deal was already over, um, so I don't know. I, I it might be sixteen millimeter. I, that, I mean, that this is, is one of those question. films. I think you discovered when you're going to Blockbuster, getting a bunch of horror films, and so you go, "Oh, this looks new. This looks good." And you take it. My, I mean, that's the first time I saw it. My discovery of it was it was. Um, I I read the description in TV Guide, and I set my VCR to record it off of Cinemax one night, and that's that's how I saw it for the first time. Um, but yeah, this, this is one of those movies that's very prominent on the video store, and it's the same cover that they use for the DVD. That that's the cover that was the cover of the VHS tape, right? So it's one of those movies that was always prevalent there. Like every video store had it. It, it just well, got out a lot. 
When did Stuart Gordon die? He died a year ago, two years ago, three years he ago. He died during the during one of the COVID lockdowns. He died very recently. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? I mean, there might be. They might. I can't. I can imagine someone coming with a Stuart Gordon box set. Maybe they'll like Vinegar or Screen Factory or um, Arrow or one of those. Probably might end up doing something with it. You never know. So yeah. Well, Arrow, Arrow put a Arrow put out Reanimator. I have their version of Reanimator, and I have the Screen Factory version of From Beyond. Yeah. So the, the 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 yeah. rights are all over the place. You'd have to. You, although those mm-hmm. were Empire films. Mm-hmm. Which is still owned by Charles Band, even though it, it it disbanded. This is Full Moon. It's a Charles Band movie, so maybe. I mean, I'd like to see Robot Jocks. I would love to see Robot Jocks get put out on mm-hmm. uh, on, on a decent DVD or Blu-ray because uh, that's expensive as hell now. When you try to uh, when you try to get a used copy, even. Um, so yeah, it would, it would it would be nice to get like a, like a nice Stuart Gordon box set. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got, I mean, um, one other thing I can say about Stuart Gordon, he's probably the only person I know who can take H.P. Lovecraft and make it watchable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, was, he was kind of more loosely based on that. I mean, he probably could have done a little more with the Lovecraft, but he did, this was just enough. He didn't take a story and try to make it a huge story. I mean, sometimes little is better. Well, you know, instead of, well, I mean, look at the remake, which we'll talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, he did try to go over the limit with the Lovecraft stuff, you know. Yeah. When it comes to Stuart yeah. Gordon, he just loved his, he loved his H.P. Lovecraft because even after this, uh, you had Dagon in 2003. Mm-hmm. His episode, his first season episode of Masters of Horror, uh, was Dreams in the Witch House. He just loved H.P. Lovecraft for uh, for whatever reason. Loved loved adapting it. There's um, so much you can do with it. Well, I was going to say at that time too, no one really was right. So I think he was in an untapped area where now I feel like everyone's love. Heck, even Dark Shadows went through the Lovecraft era. Yeah, they yeah. did their own Lovecraft. The thing stuff. is, it's it's hard to film when you when you're trying to do H.P. Lovecraft because it's usually it's very rarely done well. Like I think of the Boris Karloff film Die Monster Die. Uh, that was right. based on uh, that was based on Lovecraft. That movie's not very good. Um, in the mouth of madness is really good, and although it doesn't really, it's not technically HP Lovecraft. It's kind of, kind of based on it with the whole elder gods thing. And uh, well, HP Lovecraft kinda, um, is not, it's, it's not character driven. It's imagery yeah. driven, which yeah, kind of makes it difficult to film because it's all about imagery and 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 foreboding. It's all a sense of foreboding. But there's no, I mean, his characters are very unforgetful. I mean, even Herbert West, when you read Herbert West, what they would play. You know, they would do reanimator on when you read those Herbert West is not real. I mean, he's an interesting character, but his character is not as drawn out as everything that's going on around him. That's better right. drawn out. The all the imagery and Kulu and all the other stuff that goes on. So, well, I mean, it's, it's yeah. and again, a credit to, to Dennis Pauly and Stuart Gordon for making that character interesting in reanimator. Yeah, true. That was that really is a great movie. I, I, I would really be hard pressed. To even want, I, I, if someone ever tried, someone will try to reboot that eventually. Well, they, I mean, if you, well, we'll get to it at the end of Castle Freak. Oh, wait, or did you guys see the post credit sequence in, in Castle yeah, Freak? Oh, I didn't. I, I, the new one? the, mod, the Yeah, the modern uh, one. Right, we'll, we'll, I have to go, I'll have to I, go and re. Yeah. Keep an eye open Don't worry, we'll ruin it for you in a short time. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just well, yeah, or just tell me because I'm like, I don't really. There's a post credit sequence. So, yeah, we'll. Yeah, there's post credit sequence. I'm not sure they yeah. know either. 
I mean, uh, I mean, another thing is, um, I mean, even but we from the show last year, we when we did our Kings of Horror um, books to screens, we did cover H.P. Lovecraft from behind and then compared it yeah. to the film. Yeah. And, you know, and when you saw the two of them together, you know, when you read it and saw the film afterwards, right. you realize that Stuart Gordon, how brilliant he was to be able to adapt something that's so unfilmable into something that was really watchable. So so my I mean, my hat goes off to I mean, yeah. there, and there's two of my favorite my I mean, a lot of people have their favorite directors of the 80s and Stuart Gordon and Brian Yunstead were my two favorite directors of the 80s. So it tells you where my brain is. Are you saying so. that Tate's did well, never mind. We're going to talk about that later. Now you got me wondering about that post-credit sequence. <laughs> it's yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. didn't pay it no mind and now I'm thinking and yeah. I shouldn't be thinking about that yet. Yeah, this is, I think this is the first one he did not do with Brian Yunstead. I think because because uh, the, the two previous Lovecraft. Wasn't Brian Usna doing Society at this time, I think? Society was in 89. Brian Usna was actually doing Necronomicon around this time. Oh, yeah. And he made a movie called Necronomicon around this time, and he was doing the dentist movies, which Stuart Gordon wrote. Right. Yeah. Those, the, uh, and there was another direct-to-video series, uh, Corbin Burnson is an evil dentist. Screaming <laughs> uh, screaming, mad George in the background. Which actually, Blu-ray comes out of that this week. Uh the dentist and the dentist too. Vestron uh, video put out a Blu-ray that's coming out this week. That's some fucked up shit. The I don't know about dentist too, but the dentist the first one's some fucked up <laughs> shit. <laughs> but the, he was another one. Brian Houston was the third person in that with uh, with Dennis Powley and Stuart Gordon. They 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 all put together Honey I Shrunk the Kids and Joe Johnston went and directed it. But they were collecting like even when the uh, when the TV series of Honey I Shrunk the Kids came out they're all getting residuals because they're based on characters these three created. So any, oh, so they don't need anything at this point. They are, if honey, honey, I blew up the kid and whatever right. other sequels they made, they're getting a paycheck for creating those characters. No what. So yeah. Anything these three guys are doing at this point is just, this is what I want to do. This is yeah. just, well, before, no, I don't need, they, they, I don't were, they were one of the few people to sell an idea to Disney and copyright everything. Yeah. When you watch when smart. you watch any of the sequels based on characters created by Brian Eusena, Stuart Gordon, and Dennis Powley, and I'm like, brilliant. You never have to work again. Anything you do at this point is just you doing what you want to do. And ultimately, isn't Bob Dylan the greatest success in life is waking up in the morning and going to bed at night and doing whatever the hell you want in between. Exactly. And that's what these guys ended up doing. They yeah. never worked another job that they didn't want to do. Yeah. So good for them. Why don't we rate the original Castle Freak uh, from 1994, starting with you, Vix? How many stars would you give Castle Freak, or how many missing penises would you give it? Missing penises. <laughs> I'm definitely going to give it five missing penises because the acting is great, and it's a great story, and they definitely brought it to life. And there's so much about this movie I just love. But let's get to the next one here in a minute. <laughs> oh boy! Oh man! Everyone's burying the lead on this. One. I'm not burying it at all, actually. <laughs> what about yourself, Joe? How much? How many do you give it? I don't know if it's as much nostalgia because, like, I you know I saw it when I was in high school, and it's it's a movie that I've loved for you know 25 years. So I I give it Absolutely. I give it five five missing penises because I just enjoy this movie. I always did, and especially when the hooker gets her her titty chewed off. 
Well, <laughs> there's that too. But I just, I always like the old, uh, like the old Roger Corman, Vincent Price yes. movies. And old movies set in the old uh, Universal movies are all set in old crumbling castles. And yeah. this fits right in with that. Um, if you like the atmosphere of this stuff, if you uh, check out some of the other movies that, that were filmed in Charles Band's castle uh, around this time, Meridian with uh, Sherilyn Fenn oh, yeah, is, is that. one that uh, I, I, I like. Um, I think it was Puppet Master 3. I think a good yeah. chunk of that was filmed in this. That's, That's about- William, William Hickey, right? Yeah. Uh, William Hickey was in the first one. All right. So, yeah. William Hickey's in the first one. Uh Guy Rolf is uh, is Andre Toulon in the uh, in the third one. The third one's the one with Richard, okay. Lynch, like the uh, the Nazi commander and all that. Oh stuff. yes, yes, yes. That's yes. the best one, I think. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on that. I think that's the best one of the of the series. But yeah, check out a lot of a lot of Full Moon around this time. The budgets were clearly low, but the heart was Good there. Stuff. And uh, I really like uh, Sam Irvin. Also started out with Full Moon. Right. Uh, you know, we interviewed him a couple years ago. He made the Oblivion movies around this time. Uh, those weren't in the castle, but uh, but yeah, full moon around this time period, like the early '90s. Get past the fact that they have like very little money, and the films are actually kind of fun. Uh, I thought this. I've always thought this one was fun, and it could be because you know it's 13, 14 year old me, you know, watching it on uh, on a VHS tape the morning after recording it on Cinemax, but. It made me go rent out more full moon movies. Oh, the subspecies movies were filmed in these too, which are fantastic. Oh, I love wow. the subspecies movies. I didn't know that. Oh, uh, I remember subspecies. I haven't seen those in years. Me uh, neither. Well, now that I think about it. Justin Martell, uh, who produced uh, the Castle Freak remake we're going to talk about, is produ- uh, just finished up producing subspecies five. He brought back Ted Nicolau, the original director. So we'll, we'll oh, get to all that later. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I've always enjoyed this movie, and I, uh, that's I'll I'll give it the five missing penises because Jeffrey Combs is great. Like even if, they both are, they're just such effective actors together. Barbara Crampton too, but Jeffrey Combs made me somehow feel bad for this alcoholic who killed his, yes. who accidentally killed his his son and blinded his daughter, and like he evokes empathy. He really does. How do you make that kind of character sympathetic? You've got to be as good as Jeffrey Combs. You got to be that. What do they call it? The Jeffrey, the Jeffrey Combisms. <laughs> they're tropes, but they're Combisms. <laughs> well, even uh, even the 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 creep show, the first season, my favorite episode was one where Jeffrey Combs played a Nazi because it's he's so good at every. The, he's the best thing in the in the Frighteners, the Peter Jackson film. I love him in the Frighteners. I love him in just about everything. He's just a great actor. He really—he's just fantastic. No matter what he does, he's so he's underrated really too. It's so not fair. It really is so not fair. Well, it's really only in horror movies do you get him as a leading man. Everywhere else, he's a supported character. Yeah. And of course, Reanimator. If you haven't, if you haven't seen Reanimator, go see Reanimator. Absolutely. Like, like it's streaming all over the place. You can find it anywhere. You don't even have to buy a Blu-ray or. Or anything you can watch it on like probably shutter probably has it or probably a bunch of other places yeah I think well so. blu-ray has the best audio commentary you ever want to see for a movie definitely <laughs> the, the, the arrow blu-ray does i, I watched it yeah. with the commentary after Stuart gordon died <laughs> yeah i want i i always i always watch reanimator then i watch the commentary especially because um, all the dead people are like extras and they're like where the hell did that guy come from who hired him <laughs> it's weird sort of thing what about yourself, John? How much do you, how many 
broken off penises do you give this film i give this uh four eunuchs um <laughs> i think uh the one thing that i would say would be i would fix maybe is um the likability of john the character because i just feel like his death at the end it kind of was like okay whatever <laughs> like i kind of move on there was nothing sort I of thought it was self-sacrificing and it had to be done you it know? was that but was his redeeming moment going over the parapet it was yeah, so but i feel like that was the only effort right like it was kind of like had like if you go back what other effort did he make to really you know right Gotcha. Like what? Yeah. What other? It's, it's, I think it's the pro the prostitute sequence kind of ruins it for that character in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't and get on with his wife, so he gets a prostitute. Yeah, even though he overpays her because she said it, and it's in Italian, but she's telling him you're giving me too much money, and he and he just he waves yeah. it off and no, 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 take it. Well, he uh, waves it off because of guilt, right? Like he yeah. he blew yeah. his he blew his. <laughs> And he's like, and I feel bad now. Okay, well, I mean, here. You think this is one of the most bizarre sex and rape scenes like ever. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that was the one thing. If I was to say one thing, it may be giving him a little bit of a sense of responsibility. And, you know, like that was just sort of a latch ditch effort of, okay, I'm going to save my family, you know. I mean, it's the only thing you could do to redeem that character at that yeah. point. If you really yeah. think about it. Like the character's too damaged. Uh, to to be a hero otherwise. Yeah. So what's the other option? Yeah. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to kill himself and yeah. save his family in the in the process. The, the other thing is that the police officers were fucking useless. I mean, literally, they were. I was they like, were go get me some water. He disappears, and then he's like going to look for the other one. Wouldn't you at some point go, okay, there's a problem here? Like one. Hey, wait a minute. The police officer. Where'd my partner go? He was just going to get water. And I, 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 I can. I can vouch for the reality. That's the police in Italy, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so never go to Italy. I've never had to use the police when I was in Italy, but now yeah. I'm kind of scared. Next time I go back, yeah. well, I need them. They, they, like, oh. The best is like, she comes out and he's sleeping. Like, really? Come on. <laughs> Sir? Well, he is the Wake father up. of the prostitute's child as well, apparently. He comes That's out true. There, it? So it's like... Yeah. No, well, that yeah, wasn't. That wasn't. That was another. That was another police officer. Remember, because then at the end, the police officer, because he killed both of them. He killed both the police officers. That's, that's yeah. how, how gullible yeah. they two of them were. Like he took them down, no problem, easy peasy. There's also um, uh, the 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 side by side days. My my daughter thinks someone's in someone is in the castle living in the walls. Oh, we don't have time to go search the castle. Yeah. The next day when his when his you know the, the mother of his child is missing, like we're gonna come in there and search every room in the castle. Like, wait a minute, just yesterday I needed you to protect my family. Yeah. yeah. And that guy, you yeah. couldn't be bothered. He's like, but there are a hundred rooms. So I don't know if we could do that. <laughs> yeah, it's I guess maybe it's Stuart Gordon's uh Stuart Gordon's uh, commentary on police. He's like, when you, when you need them, they, they, they're not there. As soon as they think you did something wrong, they're ready to tear down your fucking house. <laughs> and I, I, I love the lawyer too. He's like, oh yeah, well, um, yeah, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like very nonchalantly, like, yeah, you look kind of guilty. I forgot yeah. about him. What a character. <laughs> he was the lawyer was. And what about you, David? What, how do you rate this film that's based on your family? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, I'm between the three and four stars out of five, or missing penises, or how we want to say it. So I love the fact that this is the way I see movies. I try to see symbolism, metaphors, and stuff. There was a lot of symbols in the movies, like, I don't know, the castles being kind of like the place where people are just getting lost. And then there's like mirrors, the monsters breaking the mirrors because he don't want to see it himself. And I don't know, there's a lot of symbolism. Uh, there were a lot of games of parallelisms as well. Like, for example, you have the parallel of the father who knows what love is, but it's kind of cheating on the wife and right. well, literally eating the oh, prostitute. Yeah. And then the yes. monster who doesn't get the love, but he's trying, then he eats yeah. the prostitute, but literally. <laughs> and literally, then you have... Yeah. So it's it's a lot of kind of like, and then obviously, as you guys said, um, it's the kind of like a redeeming story of the father dies and then the monster dies and eventually the kid of the prostitute ends up with the father of the police officer. So th- I, I agree. I mean, um, there was a lot of research, a lot of heart into the story. So I quite liked it, to be honest. Um, not a big fan of gore, but that's my own taste. So I'm kind of between the three and a four out of five. So it was low budgeted, but... There was a lot of hearts. Oh, my favorite character was the old woman, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Although the was... from lawyer, the the maid. Um, actually, both. So the old woman was interesting because she was like there, desperate at the end of her life, beating the crap of a song. People did quite a few she... Italian movies, though. Actually, I think those, those two older ladies, from what I read, they they did a lot of movies in Italy. Oh, I didn't know. But the, oh, yeah. the maid was 100% Italian. She was quite interesting. Oh, to God, yeah. She's so knowing everything, but I'm not telling you anything. I was like, oh, yeah. you, you get the house, okay, then you sell it and you go away. Yeah. She wasn't crotchety and mean. She was just mm. a caretaker, like a clear, like a caretaker. She cares mm. about the home. She cares about, you know, yeah. the legacy I, of this space, you know. But she yeah. gets killed. <laughs> yeah, trying to help the prostitute. <laughs> And actually, now that I remember it, when uh, uh, in Italy, my uh, my parents are from uh, a small town called Garini in uh, Sicily, and I remember going there in the summers. And I remember the uh, the castle, uh, and there were so many legends about the castle that was up literally up on a hill like this one is. So it's there's there was there was always some some story like that. So I guess that maybe that resonates with me a little as I kind of think of uh, think of the castle in the small town my parents grew up in. That's up on the hill. And maybe that, maybe this just kind of reminds me of the stories they used to tell me about, you know, the the terrible goings on in the castle that's been there forever and still stands to this day. Maybe that's All part of it too. Got their, their stories to tell, I'm sure. Yeah, Char- Charles Band, if you're listening to this, and surely you are, buy another castle, damn it. I have so many ideas. <laughs> we can work together, man. We can no do this. I'll, I'll, I'll go move into a castle in Italy and just write gothic horror for you to film there for the rest of my life. Let's do it. Let's make it happen, Charlie. Another another interesting thing, I've, 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 again, could not be done voluntarily by the, by the producer, etc. But So it's kind of like the idea that that's an old castle, right? So these people in this family inherited castle, but they have no idea about the area, the history, what the castle is about. Right. So it's kind of like this is what happens for people who just stick things and they don't respect, you know, the history or the things behind yeah. they don't belong, etc. Welcome to yeah, America. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's kind of... Sell it and go. So let's go. Of... Let's sell it. We don't care about any of it. Break it all apart and uh, let's make some money and see ya. <laughs> We're out. Like my eye teeth for a castle. I, mean, I would. You're all it kind of feels head. like the, 
It kind of feels like the, the real person who is taking care of the castle is actually the old woman who died, and then eventually the old maid and the other guy were taking care of everything, you know. So, and then the family arrives, and it's like, okay, so the hell breaks loose. So, I don't know, it's um, interesting. <laughs> Surely at the end of this movie, Barbara Crampton and her daughter are selling the castle and getting the fuck out. <laughs> There's yeah. no way. Yeah. They're like, okay, we'll they sell it. Get the money and get out. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't want to get involved. Yeah. Sell it. Yeah. Done. Bye. <laughs> We've been through enough. This is it. Let's sell it and get the hell out. I mean, I'm going to give the film four, I say. I don't think it's the best Stuart Gordon film. Oh, There's no, a lot no. I do like about it. Um, I do think that he's done wonders for, I mean, I have read the other by H.P. Lovecraft, and I, this is a lot more interesting than that, this short story. Um, I do, always, I've always had a man crush on Jeffrey Coombs anyway. I don't know, I guess, you know, I guess he's my weird man crush thing. So, um, so I've always yeah, liked Jeffrey something, But there, there's something about him, though. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, even in Frighteners, I was like, oh, it's Jeffrey Coombs, yay! Even though he's disgusting in that film, but, but anyway, digressing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think Castle Freak is a good solid film, and for you know, if you're going to show someone a low budget film that's made well, and what you can do with a low budget film, I say that you know this is a good you know yeah. piece of filming that you can show what you can do because this accomplishes a lot more than some of the let's say higher end production horror films that I've seen in recent years. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, you know, if I compare this next to like Halloween resurrection, this is a far better film. Um, Halloween so ends. So forth. Halloween ends. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord. Um, yeah, but, no um, kidding. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give this a solid four. I would give it a five. Um, I just think that there's a, uh, I don't, I think the, pay, the payoff would, um, Jeffrey Coombs character giving his life for his wife and blind daughter at the end doesn't have the payoff that I think it should have had. Oh. I think if, it, if there's a way to get that feeling, oh my God, he's so heroic. I thought, oh, they're dead. Okay. Yeah. Next sort of thing. Yeah, but it was almost like they were supposed to die together, though. They were. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it would have been more interesting if they were like, if they were twins, um, which we'll yeah. get to in the next one they were twins and were separated at birth then that that would have made it quite an interesting little story like one we'll escaped and one was tortured like almost what's the um what's the the man in my iron mask like one got away and one stayed and you know was trapped yeah so that would have made it quite interesting but saying that i mean that's the only small really niggly thing i can say negative about it i just if it had that emotional thing where they both sail off the sail off the top of the castle at the end and then i felt something but I, I also didn't feel sorry for the creature. And I, I think it's very important that you have to feel sorry for the creature. There has to be some kind of em, you know, empathy yeah. with, for the creature. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's a monster through no fault of his own. Yeah. It, right. you're, you're, chained up, you're chained up in a dungeon for 40 years. However old yeah. he was. Yeah. I think it said something like, uh, like uh, she, she's been alone in the castle for 42 years or something like that. So yeah, it's going to fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but... And but then also should, see what should the, become because the first thing he yeah. also gets when he gets free is he sees what himself. he has become. Like, I mean, would you be like, wow, I look amazing? Or you're like, oh my God, I'm a freak. Like, you know, and there's also think, moments, there's moments where he's trying yeah. to communicate, which I thought was very interesting. The, the moments of 
like trying to articulate like when he realizes that she's blind it's heartbreaking that's heartbreaking because <laughs> yeah. yeah. he's trying to convey like look at who I, this is who i am and he's like oh fuck i don't <laughs> know why that reminds me of talk to remind me of toxic avenger with that blonde cheerleader type <laughs> oh god <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> Oh I don't know God. why that was going through my head. It's like, well, well the toxic Avenger moment. <laughs> and I and I think that's and I think that's you know that's the reason why I give it a four because I think Stuart Gordon, I think he I there I think he mixed missed something with um on the Castle Freak sort of character with it because thing is I think. Well, I think we needed to feel sorry for him. We need to like root yeah. for him in a way. Like we do like the same right. way that we root for the creature from the Black Lagoon or we've root for Frankenstein or we've root for these monsters that are such these sad characters that we hold dear in our heart. And then when they die, we're like, oh my God, that's so horrible. It's like, I wish all the all the people deserved to die, but he didn't deserve to die. And yeah. It's kind of missing that little thing. And I think that if he was able to tackle that, this would have been a solid five for me. And this was it, also it, a very I mean, rushed movie. Like it was made in two weeks. So that could be why it was just, no, let's get it out there. Let's write it, yeah. shoot it, let's go. I think there was also that where like the scenes where he is the one attacking people and killing them is where he loses all of that. Whereas let's, let's say that he accidentally kills someone and then maybe the husband trying to keep, you know, keep what he did to the hooker. He kills her, he kills her. And then he's just eating her. It would be like different, right? Because he's, he's eating something to stay well, I think alive. Jeffrey Coombs ate her as well. Yeah, 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 I think so. I think Theater, all right. Honestly, um, but I just, there wasn't there wasn't enough room in there for anybody. I think that else just that I point. think it just changes the context of what that is. Right now, he's he's viciously killing out of rage, and so then you lose a little heart of that character. Well, that one yeah. beating he gave to that 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 guy. I mean, that was massive rage. You know. Well, yeah. I think I think what you I think what you need to do is the simple fact that you had to give him you had to give him the misunderstood human creature that basically is like the only time that he grace the only time that he loses it or loses his rage or kills anyone is simple fact to protect himself yeah so i think so yeah. that whole pro and the thing is i think that prostitution thing and though i think the prostitute and it's an interesting scene in itself but i think that kind of ruins any empathy after jeffrey coombs character but at the same time with the creature killing the prostitute which kind of flings everything and going kind of takes it away from both of those characters yeah. where you know if something happens it's like you know the prostitute's trying to understand him and you know or whatever and through the misunderstanding he accidentally kills her accidentally yeah and then she dies and then, and then he does and because he, he wouldn't understand what death is at that point and so he no. gets confused and meanwhile though you'd have is you know the you know, I think it would probably set set it up slightly different because there is because yeah. they do kind of have that misunderstanding with the blind daughter where he's like trying to communicate with her. So you do kind of get a little bit of that. Yeah. But I think you kind of need a little bit more of that to push that forward. Mm -hmm. So that way, when they both die at the end, it's kind of a tragic ending. Instead For of both. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, mm -hmm. I think, but, I think, but saying that, I mean, you know, that's 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 me nitpicking. Are you looking for a graphic design that will take you to the next level? 
or something that shows confidence within a growing market to help you stand out amongst the crowd. Amazing Designs gives consistent and on-brand designs whether you are looking for something conservative or you want to let your imagination soar. They bring professionalism to a high standard and they are able to visualize your ideas and give them that extra edge. Working one-on-one -on -one with their designers will give you a design that will live up to your expectations and more. Affordable, expert designs for all occasions whether it's logos, brochures, or whatever you can dream of. Amazing Designs is your to-go place for creativity and hands-on expertise. Try Amazing Designs today. Contact them via email at amazingdesigns505 at gmail.com. That's amazingdesigns505 at gmail.com or reach out by phone at Crunchy Cold 1-805-203-0427. We love them so much here at the Literary License Podcast that we use them ourselves. But I'd rather be different than be the same. And to be honest, it's far better than our next film, which is Castle Freak from 2020, which is an American directed video horror film. It was directed by Tate Steinsick. It has been billed as a reboot of the 1995 Stuart Gordon film by the same name, which is a loose adaption of the stories The Outsider and The Dunwich Horror by H.P. Lovecraft. And before we go any further, let's look at the trailer. Or listen to the trailer. Hey, how long till we get there, man? Just a few more miles. I've never seen anything like this. Welcome to Waitley Castle. This was my mother's house? Yes. Our castle is yours, so the width as you wish. Life here can really be surprising in ways you cannot imagine. This is a Necronomicon. It dates back to the Middle Ages. Listen to this. There's monstrous creatures who once ruled over the Earth. There's a prophecy that the Old Ones will return to this world and cast it into eternal darkness. Do you hear that? Hear what? There's someone living in the walls of this castle. What the hell? The mirrors are all broken. Whatever's hiding in the walls, I think it lives here. That castle is filled with evil. And now, all hope is lost. Hi there, movie lovers. Did you know that Psycho was released in black and white even though color film technology was already advanced because director Alfred Hitchcock kept receiving backlash about the shower scene being way too gory when seen in full color? Make sure to click below to subscribe or on the side for more great content. And if you like my t-shirt, you can get it right below this video. Hello, welcome back to the Legalized Podcast. We're discussing Castle Freak from 2020. Starting with you, Joe, what are your thoughts of Castle Freak from 2020? Uh, well, um, knowing, uh, knowing one of the producers on it, um, I do enjoy it. I don't think it's as good as the original, uh, but the original also had Jeffrey Combs, 
Barbara, uh, Barbara Crampton, yeah. you had uh, Dennis Powell, uh, Powell and Stuart Gordon behind it. The gore effects on this are disgusting, which makes which makes them great because that's what they needed to be. Um, the gender swap of the freak itself is strange. Yeah, and it creates a. Uh, well, v- Vicky and I, uh, you know, uh, discussed this uh, about X. You know, yeah. the, the whole geriatric sex aspect of X. <laughs> The sex scene but in this, this movie is equally disturbing as that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie, though, takes it an entirely different place. The only thing that I don't get about that scene is this is clearly a monster that hasn't bathed in, you know, decades. How do you not smell that it's not the same girl? And what, you know, what do you mean? Did you see the size of that cave? You would have to strap a board <laughs> on your ass, not to call <laughs> You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> Well, that too. But I was she an innie or an Audi? Because apparently she had an Audi at one point. So I'm just saying. <laughs> there's that aspect of it too. Like, how do you not feel that there's a difference here? Yeah. She there had were a couple. Teeth. It had teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a Venus flytrap plot. I would also just say, like, like what, what, uh, <laughs> what is he packing down there? For everything is all up on him. He's got the blind girl. He's got the girl's best friend. He's got oh, <laughs> like what? What makes this guy so? Alluring? I think it's. I think it's. I think it's the the ferret view of his face. Even <laughs> <laughs> ferret. Because I was like, I was a bit annoyed by the fact that this guy is not all that, and like everybody. Wow. You know, and the, the whole the context of the relationship and how they change it to being the girlfriend. You know. You know, you got to forgive me. Why? Why do I have to forgive you? And and the fact that everyone is just kind of enamored by this guy, like what the Who's hell? Who's an asshole? He's an asshole. He's, like, he's asshole. such an asshole. It's not even like he's a yeah. decent guy that's so likable and everybody. No, and everybody, he's a like, jerk. At one point, I, I watched both of them, and uh, uh, Sean Stefan is my roommate. He's uh, he's on the uh, the Batman podcast with us. He was doing other stuff, but while I was watching both of them. I remember at one point turning to him, going, "Man, how unlikable do you have to be to make to to make the the the, uh, the comparative character in the other version, who accidentally killed his his son and blinded his daughter? He is sympathetic compared to this guy. There's yeah. nothing like at least with Jeffrey Combs's character. There's this idea that look, I fucked up and I might keep fucking up." I didn't intend to do anything, yeah. uh, but I'm trying. This but I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. trying to be a better person. Yeah, this I guy's also, not I, redeemable at all. He's just I just asshole. think that also bringing the friends back were, oh, was God. a huge mistake. I well, I feel like friends? I just Those think friends. No, but I'm just saying. I think what they should have maybe the route they should have taken is is that we're gonna try to make this thing work. We have a castle. Maybe we welcome guests or have like an Airbnb situation. Like right. the useless friends, they were so fucking useless. Not they were only they, like her. what the hell? Like you they had, were so you had useless. Your, you had your what was her name? She was the white trash Barbie. What was her name? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Kelly. I don't know. Whatever. But I, I mean, what remember. was her? What was her purpose? Shelly. 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 I mean, Shelley it says it all right there. Shelly. Bloody drug addict. <laughs> I mean, Shelly was like again. 
You had two people who were like, I mean, I get you didn't want either of them, but like, what, what is with this guy? Why do you need to hook up with this guy? Like, I don't get it. There's no context as to why. Well, she obviously didn't have respect for her friend or their relationship either. I mean, oh, no, right well, at all. I do. I do like the way that they broke from tradition and made the um, smart guy wear glasses. I mean, that was quite an interesting. Break professor? What was his name? <laughs> yeah, he professor. didn't even have a name. He was just the professor. He was just you the know, smart. You know, in, in, in the director's defense, Oh, I see what he was trying to do with this. I yeah, just don't let's take it out. Abercrom let's take an Abercrombie and Finch model and just put glasses on him. We'll say he's intelligent. No. <laughs> and and again, why are you hanging around these losers? I'm sorry, they're they all, all have fucking drugs. losers. They're just a bunch of party animals. Yeah, but he That's wasn't even doing it. drugs. That's I'm like it does it like it didn't even make like that made no sense. Like why are well, you? Then he gets drugs. Well, the, the, what was it? What was his name? John. He gets he even gets. Uh, the drugs delivered to the castle. We all know what happens <laughs> to that guy. What the fuck? Uh, the, that, yeah. Who also is just known as the doctor. Yeah, the yeah. doctor. The yeah. doctor. <laughs> who who he says, who says doctor. five minutes before that, oh, we can't have him help us because I don't trust him. And it's like, now you're buying your drugs from him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't yeah. trust him. But I'll buy my drugs from you. And I love that I'm going to do my drugs here. Okay. Because yeah. my home will not let me. Or, yeah, I'm at home. His I can't mother, do it at home. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. This guy I who's mean, like in his like mid forties still lives with his mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of ideas in this film, though, that are quite good ideas. Though I quite liked, you know, right. some of the ideas that they're coming up with. I think one of the problems is is having a boyfriend girlfriend situation, and he makes her blind right then and there. It's like, why are these two people Didn't still you together? Think that was yeah. Weird? That, yeah, that, it, so in this movie, though, the, the father's name and the daughter's name are reversed in their couple because Rebecca is the daughter in the other movie, but Rebecca's his girlfriend in this movie. But I, I, I think did they see took names he, and we're like, we're going to put symbolism behind it. But yeah. I, I, I agree with Keith. Like, if someone blinds you, there's a lack of like a person being like, how would you trust that person? Yeah, I would be like, what? No, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that she kind of found her way. And that she's gotten these hypersensitivity now, like she can hear things right. and she can like see things. Like I, I like that, but I'm like, then well, why do you have I this mean, guy? The, pro the, the problem with that situation basically is, is that if you're in a this kind of toxic relationship anyway, because obviously it's a toxic relationship from the yeah. very beginning, and then they blind her. So what happens is that they stay together then basically it's kind of a pathetic relationship to begin with. Yeah. But, but if you have a strong bond and let's say an accident happens through that strong bond and then, you know, they're trying and basically meanwhile, they're trying to piece their lives together. Then you, then basically you have a totally different emphasis of what's going on in the relationship. So then it's going to, Oh, we can understand why these two are trying to stay together, but it's really hard to figure out why they're staying together. There's no right. reason for, because it feels like, to be honest, that, She's gone right. blind. So basically she's relying on him because she's blind because she can't face life on her own. Well, and she basically doesn't have any with else. her because he's thinking of the money he can get off of her. Yeah. So right well, yeah, there, just everybody's weird... got a castle from Albania in their back pocket. But you can see where he wanted to go with this. I get what he was trying to do. He wanted to make more of a Lovecraft movie out of it. But I just I think he just kind of lost his way. I well, mean, he needed I, better actors. I feel like the only Lovecraft like kicked in 
at the end. Like it was like I was like, wait, what is happening now? I'm so confused. Like it went from being like it went from being like this freak in a castle to being like, oh wait, are they an alien? And she's a girl now, and she's yeah, just and a she's a girl, and, and, yeah. and now there's this occult, and like what it way? And there's <laughs> even there's even more in the post credits that to, to make it more of a Lovecraft uh, film, which I, I don't know, Keith, should we discuss that? Yeah, I, I didn't I pay any attention to it when it was rolling. I said, well, I need to go back. Well, no, basically, it. what happens is you got the professor after everything goes on, and they right. have to the professor goes up to this guy in a white coat and goes, um, This is for you, Herbert West, right? Yeah, basically, oh, so basically, he's, he's like passing. the lead up to reanimate her, right? Like, you don't, yeah, you don't, your see, you don't see his face, you just see that there's a there's a there's a vial with with green liquid in it, right. And what that basically meant to me was we're going to try to create an HP Lovecraft universe, which has never materialized. But then again, this movie's only two years old. So who well, knows? yeah, I was going to say we had COVID to get through. So you never know what might be in the pipeline. Yeah, this was shot right before COVID. This was. So, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, there, they, there's a lot of ideas, but I don't think that they were executed properly. You know, the thing is, is no, I think that I think that basically if you had the boyfriend girlfriend situation and they were a married couple and all there of a sudden was no family this... dynamic at all anymore. Totally no. well, she yeah. was even the even that bond, the sisterly bond they had was I mean, it, it's like, all right, I guess you're, the assumption is, is that she has nothing. So it's the only thing she has is this weird connection with this this sister where she's getting images and flashes and so but why would you all of a sudden run to that like i i that's what was even weird to me too like well, she's like, oh, I want my sister some, well that, i mean i that part of it i didn't mind actually because the thing is is that you know they say that when you're blind that your other senses get overdeveloped yeah. anyway yeah so okay so i can i can buy into that i can buy into the simple fact that you know her mother was you know right by the father for this cult that part of it i like that part of yeah. it not forget the cat of nine tails. no but i'm saying not not that her overdeveloped senses but the reason why she's running to this sister that's where I, it's like a little bit like I get, you know, it was just a little weird to me. Like, I wouldn't think you would just be like, oh, great. You know, I have this sister, especially she, I think at that point knows there's like this prophecy or she knows something. I just want to know, I just want to know why was, why was her anatomy the way it was? They don't really, I mean, it's not... <laughs> How did it get well, like that? Well, Why well, minds want to know? No, because, no, because, because, she, that, because she's, she is the daughter of one of the 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 gods of yeah. Oh, okay, okay, that's uh, okay. okay, that's right. So, because so because the guy so that raped her is she's, that thing, you know. Yeah. So the mother has twins. Sends yeah. the normal twin away, and then keep and then well, basically they both have the, that same anatomy. She just takes the the other girl to the end to. to Get that little eyeball looking out of her JJ and everybody or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> I think that was something though. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Keith, like where I think she has sex with the guy. Maybe it did something to. It was like, her pass. grandfather, the woman that was hitting herself with the cat of nine tails. Her grandfather supposedly forced himself on her. No, but I'm saying the, the sister, when she has sex with her, her man, no, could, she's have, watching. could have also no taken his seed and did something with it and so it's almost oh, like the yeah. prophecy of the two of them coming together because if you notice when they're finally together and they hold hands that she could have transferred some baby into her and like she gave birth to something else like you know 
Like, I guess that's it's really up in the possible. air. At least he did leave that up in the air with yeah. it. I didn't think it was that heinous. I just thought, I mean, you know what the problem was with that movie was the actors. They weren't, you couldn't get vested in them. They were all assholes. You didn't yeah. feel bad. I, I, to be honest, I don't think the acting was bad. I think the, the, the script was bad. The script was I think bad. That, I think the yeah. thing that so they whatever, needed. Whatever, because you didn't really care about the characters, really. The professor was kind of mechanical. That's what he kind of, he was yeah. kind of mechanical in his acting. Well, I also think that when, well, yeah, I mean, he wasn't great, um, but, you know, the, the other friends were okay. I mean, they were quite naturalistic. There were no problem. I mean, the pro- it does suffer from that thing is like, let's take a bunch of Americans, dump yeah. them into a small town. And then what no, we're going to do is yeah. we're going to we're gonna have them take the piss out because they're not in America anymore. They're living in a place. I mean, I did feel sorry for the locals because I don't think that they knew what makeup was. So all the women were quite ugly. No. So. Very uh, Revlon and Max Factor can make a killing in this town. But by the way, the women, the women were all, I think, banding together because the men were all in the cult. So literally, as soon as that, like at the end, all the men were like, it's our time now, folks, let's go. And all the men were going to the (laughs) to the temple, you know. Well, but there's there's some things that should have paid off, like, you know, when they go, oh, do you want to buy your antiques? And then you got the woman's like, oh, you know, like the, the gypsy woman sort of thing. And right. they could have made something out of that sequence, but they kind of they kind of missed that. Oppor- there's a lot of yeah. missed opportunities in here that that could have made the, That's I mean, the, the sad thing is, part because it really did have promise. It really does. It does have, mean, yeah, it does have promise. There's a lot of good things in the film that don't pay that don't really pay off it's filmed i mean he films it beautifully it's wonderfully filmed i'll give it that the castle is gorgeous it is but the castle in this one i think is even nicer than the castle in the original yeah yeah well the ideas the ideas good behind it i like the you know bringing the nepromonican in and basically bringing that history in i quite like that i was surprised it's not well executed but but it's a good idea i was expecting bruce uh Campbell to jump out of the out of the book at some point. It's like, okay, where's where's the you know where's Ash? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts, David? I really disliked this movie. <laughs> I, I, I really, I, I prefer the first. Did, so don't feel bad. <laughs> so I prefer the. How the dare one you? Much more. I prefer the old one much more. So this one, it feels like they had more money. Maybe I don't know. But it was rushed. There wasn't really yeah. any dedication to it. Is even like when when you when you talked about the characters, to me it feels like a kind of like a, they, they were stereotyped, um, monodimensional. It's kind of like a, you have the, the you know the blonde girl who has sex with the guy, and her own objective in the whole movie was to be killed so the monster could have sex with the guy. There was no role for this person. The other guy was just like the macho guys who eventually get killed. It's just weird. It didn't make sense. And obviously, as even Vicky said, the uh, the guy with the glasses was just very robotic, very boring. Like he was reading a script and he couldn't do it properly. It's just it didn't. I don't know. I really, really. They were trying to make it, it sound like the like like the Jeffrey Combs the Reanimator. Like it looked like <laughs> yeah. they were going for. It just. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I felt like the only character that I liked was the blind the blind girl. <laughs> like yeah. she was the only it's... one that I was like, oh, I kind of every scene, yeah. especially when she's like trying to figure out what's going on and she hears and then she takes it in her own hands mm-hmm. to go look for what's in the castle. And you yeah. know, the motivations of her felt more real. 
but I like, did, like I did expect her to start um start singing songs from Magnolia though. She did look like Amy Mann. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my god. What is the loneliest number that you ever know? God. <laughs> but it was the, the characters were very, very plain. Even I also felt a little bit witch. like the friends, the two yeah. guys. I was like, I was waiting for them to hook up because quite literally it was like a weird little like bromance. The two of them were going. I was like, oh, so, yeah. you just have nothing to go on with these two. So you're like, come on, drink more. Yeah, you drink more. All right, who's make who's gonna make the first move? I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> another thing I found a bit bizarre because this was written by a woman. Um, and I found it really bizarre that the women characters weren't even strong at all either. Not it's really. like, you know, this could, this could have been a film about female empowerment, really. And it could have done a quite a decent job about it, but it's not even about that. Yeah. And, and, and what, what you got is basically, you know, well, I mean, like, well, like the American being dropped off, it's kind of reminds me of like a bit like hostile, basically. <laughs> basically just dropping off these Americans to be murdered. That's what they're there for. Yeah. They're here. Cause we need, we need some more bodies. And basically and, they're unlikable. So you don't care when they're, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, you did say you that. really care what happened to any of their buddies? I didn't. It's just like no. God, just make sure it's ghastly when you tell them. It's well, interesting. Oh, I was gonna say, Keith, it's interesting you mentioned that with the female bomb because that would have been interesting that the woman because again, like you were saying, how it goes nowhere, the woman that tells them to kind of go and get out and leave, how she comes out when she sees like the world is going into chaos that would have been a perfect instance for her to gather other women to stop this from happening. And like, so the women of the village have been the ones who have been like protecting versus the men yeah. have been like, fuck it all. We want power, you know? And like, they could have had that juxtaposition of like women helping women and men helping the men. Yeah. The story, the men, all know? those men saw was that big JJ and it was over. <laughs> there, 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 I think there was. I a might point never in, get over that. <laughs> I think it was. She had that thing crawling out of it. And I don't know what the hell that was. I mean, <laughs> you know, and to be honest, it's like if her blind sister just had her had to be dazzled, she would have been probably been a happier person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take out a second mortgage to be dazzled that, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, but there, yeah. I just, I said before, there's a lot of good ideas that are playing around in here. There were, yeah, you know, but they just—I uh, mean, you know—I think I think this is, you know, this is a classic thing about what what horror films get wrong anyway. Where basically what you have is you got a bunch of people who are their fodder for the kill, so you don't care anything about them. And then you, and then it's like, okay, well, the the killing's excellent. It's like I'm I'm liking the special effects. But then afterwards, just like eating, like we were saying um, during our break, it was like eating like fast food. It's like it's yeah. very unsatisfactory. And it's quite sad because this film does have a lot of potential. It All the potential is there. Yeah. It's just not played It doesn't well. come together. It's like he was in a hurry. I don't know if he was in a hurry, but it seemed like he, he was kind of rushed and he couldn't tie up his loose ends. I mean, or try to get the story. I mean, because Lovecraft, if you make a small story huge, it's going to get too huge for you. I mean, how do you tie up all those loose ends? But you well, also have it doesn't help. To that... It doesn't help to have a, a drug addict who causes an accident that makes his girlfriend blind, and then continue him being this drug addict and not even trying to fight his drug addiction. Yeah. So right then and there, you have a problem. No, because he just straight up lies to her about right. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's an asshole. 
There's like nothing redeeming about this character. The vision in my dreams, I, I put on this beautiful red dress. Well, the dress we found is blue. No, it's not. It's red. Yeah, that I know. And then, and then when she finds out, she's like, that asshole. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, oh, you mean red dress? That's girl? the I mean, thing, like, huh? I th- I, I'm sure that's the same guy who dresses Stevie Wonder. Because I mean, I, I, feel, I don't know who dresses him. <laughs> I'm like, he's blind. He doesn't know we're wearing a muumu. <laughs> Get out there, Stevie. <laughs> what, what amazes what amazes me is that's the breaking point for her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you would think the breaking point is well, she got in the car and let him drive drunk for one, though. So I mean, a lot of her problems are self inflicted because. There's no way I would ever be able to trust anybody that did. What well, he, did. he also seemed like he was a w- even worse version of himself when he was on drugs. So it it could oh, allude God, yes. it could allude to the fact that he was abusive. So she was just yeah, like, it feels you, like an abusive relationship yeah. from the get go. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I love the idea of yes, he's a piece of shit now, but he was a bigger piece of shit when he was on drugs. Oh yeah, he right. was like, well, he's okay now. Yeah, well, and it was I mean, all about the money. It's all and everything. Yeah, you know, especially when everything's about the money. And the thing is, if it was her talking about the money, that's different because it's her property. It's her property. But now you got mm-hmm. this boyfriend talking about the money. So like now, so it kind of gives this weird emphasis. He's mooching. Yeah, he's mooching. Oh, he's off definitely her. mooching. Yeah. Uh, and and they, mean, they also you lose the mystery of it, right? Because in the beginning, when yeah, it opens exactly. up with the woman whipping herself, and then it was like, you know, that whole thing, and then it gets into the book, and then her, it, you lose the mystery a little. Every step along the way, you're starting to lose the caring of what even the mystery is. That you're just like, I just don't care anymore. Like I don't care what the mystery is remember anymore. Remember when I really they don't. said? Remember they said that there's something in the castle that comes out to mutilate the cast the cattle. Was that was was the castle was, freak getting out eating the cows? Yeah, well, remember yeah, he gets course, released. Yeah, she's or, getting or something. She gets released. Yeah, yeah, she gets released. I mean, that's another thing. It's like the mother dies. How does she die? Where does she die? How does the she die? Gets no, the, the, no, the, the guy, guy the guy her. killed her. The guy killed her. Yeah, the, the, with the lawyer or whatever the hell he's. No, be. wasn't he uh, the real estate lawyer? I don't or know. What, something like that. I don't know what he was. Yeah, but yeah. why? You know, what's the reason? Because he was part it? of the cult and she was trying to kill the castle yeah. freak and he didn't. Yeah, but I'm sitting there saying that they're, they, I just think they're saying they could have made it a little bit more enticing with yeah. the way, with that storyline mm-hmm. because. Because to be honest, her her mother being killed because of the cult sort of thing. If they made that a bit more interesting, so that when then when she comes in and then and then every start and all of a sudden the pieces start coming together, then you become more and more invested. But yeah. then because but even the flashback sequences like the mother being raped and the mother doing her mia culpa with the you know whipping herself while she's looking for some catholic while she's looking for the virgin mary or something to save her you know you're kind of like okay well we kind of seen this before but it's not done interestingly and and, and none of none of it's slotting together it's like it's like someone's read it and goes oh you're you know it's i think someone told kathy oh you're keep going keep going you're doing fantastic and so i don't think anyone actually went through the script to go actually we can do better yeah I don't know, and that well, and, and, be, and Barbara Crampton to put her name to it. I've kind, you know, I don't. Did she I get wonder, any benefit from it? As what they were asking. I'm kind of wondering are. is what what version did was she looking at when they when she helped agree to this? Right. And what version did she end up in the end with? I yeah, think she because, had a cameo in this too. I could have swore she was one of the hooded figures. Towards well, the the, the other what's That's interesting possible. is too. So there is this prophecy, right? And that we know there is this prophecy 
So from the moment this woman gets raped to having these children, how is she, how is she able to get away with all that? You know what I mean? Like she's still in the same town. She gets raped. She has these kids. She's able to get rid of one and send it away and then keep the other and abuse it. And it like, again, I would think if you're really trying to stop a prophecy, you would get as many people on board to be like, Hey, I need your help to stop this from happening. And it seems like no one's there to really ha- help her. Yeah. And yeah, then even the guy's like, not really keep breastfeeding the monstrosity that you gave birth to, are you? No. And then, the, and the fact that the guy gets away with just killing her and you know what, let's just bring the girl back. She sent her away. I know exactly where she is. I can get her, bring her back. And the prophecy, we're good to go. Like she'll be <laughs> back here. No problem. It's it. That's where another part was like, so really no one's stopping this prophecy. They're just like, okay, let's let it happen. Let's go. You know? Yeah. And then especially when she goes, oh, you know, and that, and that, and that totally, that totally offsets the whole thing is like when they go and see the gypsy woman to see if they'll buy the antiques and she's like, go away. You know, it's like, you're all doomed. Oh, yes. It's been like yeah. bad Ralph. It just seemed like the movie had a hard time progressing. It just yeah. seemed like it was stuck. It just could not progress. And I mean, I, I still think it, it could have been a great horror movie. It really, you know, I, I, I'm not going to totally mutilate it that badly because I, I saw what he wanted to do with it. It just didn't come to fruition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it had the, some of the worst sex scenes I've ever seen in a film. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, if I don't, I, I don't think if I was a guy, I don't know, something had teeth and I stuck my dick in it. I'd be really concerned. I don't know. Well, I mean, but even when like the girl's like riding him and he's like handcuffed and you know he's blindfolded, and then the girl gets killed and then you know, and then that basically thing had she... to stink. There's no way that did not. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know if she's, I don't, I'm not quite sure if she's riding on top of it or she's just like you know whatever, whatever it is. I mean. You he's know, also okay, drunker if, than a skunk. He doesn't even know what the fuck is going on. Well, and, and he just had, and he just had cocaine. Yeah, he's but. Like, but he's covered. He's covered in blood. Now, if it was gay sex, he could, maybe he could think it was cum or something. I'm not sure. But I mean, <laughs> like, what the hell does he think's being dripped all over him, all over his chest and stuff? Well, yeah, I don't even want to hazard a guess what I think it is. Or so. you know, he could just think she's on a heavy flow. So I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't know if that's oh, like that's a- some heavy flow. I mean, that that's enough. I mean, that's that's enough to fill the Dead Sea right there. I know. <laughs> Shit, man. That's that's you're like a fucking. You're gonna need Moses right to bar that flow. Yeah. <laughs> But also, like, you get into the, you know, the whole, what it, where she's, you know, the mom's, like, masturbating with the whip, whip and then you get into, like, you know, her having sex. I think the only scene that kind of mirrors is the scene with the, the prostitute in the first one and right. him having sex with her that, you know, they're both getting off during that whole scene, you know, in, in both movies. but reciprocal, at least. Yeah. yeah, I mean to be honest, they could they could have done kind of a Rosemary's Baby kind of thing with you know the, that whole sequence there, where basically the mother is kind of you know held down and basically you know gives birth to her twins, and you know and she you know and she chooses to you know because you know and a bit like Rosemary's Baby's like you know you know he's he's your son he's your son but he's got his father's eyes and she you know and she pretty much picks up her son who's the son of Satan and you know cradles it because it's you know because you got that mother's love and you could have done that with the castle freak that she could have done that and sent the other one away because uh, you know to, to protect whatever and that would have made a lot better thing where it's kind of like you know now she's masturbating now she's doing this now she's whipping herself and it 
and it kind of just kind of makes the mother like, okay, well, the mother's gone off a rocker, maybe. Yeah. Or is she crazy? Or is she going for this? Or, you know, yeah. it's just, it, you're kind of getting all a lot of, mi- there's a lot of mixed messages going on in this film. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. You know, oh, well, and, yeah, and, I'm trying to figure out what he was thinking when he did And I'm sorry, but, you know, you got to be a bit of a dick that if something happens, you're with your partner and they go blind for whatever reason. Yeah. And you're making that blind person cook for you. I mean, that tells you how big of a dick <laughs> this guy is. The other well, part of it is, you know how you just put that together? The other part of it is, is this book that's supposed to be, again, part of the prophecy, right? Because the professor suddenly is like, I'm going to read whatever the incantation and we're going to call forth or whatever. You must like, not read from the book. It's hidden up yeah. in a cabinet. Not really hidden that well. Like, it's literally, like, right there. Well, like, <laughs> well, she, I mean, she, before they even arrive, she's reading it. But, I mean, I don't know. Was it, like, I mean, it's in not Braille. In Braille. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I can like, feel the prophecy. Does it have, like, like, could she, like, feel the lines of the ink across the pages? I mean, I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't think she could read it because, remember, she asked the professor, what does it say? And then he's like, it's in Latin. Latin. They're like, do you know how to read Latin? He's like, of course I do. I'm like, he's like the most douchiest, douchiest like response ever. I learned it at the select modeling company when I was modeling. <laughs> I put on my glasses. <laughs> that, and I put on my glasses. Now I can read Latin. <laughs> that was the other thing. The, 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 the only male character that is supposed to, that I feel like was supposed to be somewhat relatable and somewhat likable is a fucking douche too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I thought at least he would be her friend, Rebecca's friend, kind of sort of in the end. But you know, well, no. You know, you give somebody a Necromicron and they just lose their fucking shit every time you give them a book. Well, I another thing I don't quite understand, and maybe I missed something here, but the castle freak woman, whatever, she got she grabs the estate agent and ties him up in behind the wall for whatever reason. Why? Right. What's she gonna do? Is that gonna be his? That's her sex slave? Maybe. Right. Well, but also, like, why would you attack someone who technically is helping you? Because he mm-hmm. he let her yeah. he let her go. So why would you even attack? Like, that's what I didn't get either. Like, why are you I'm attacking him? Rage. You. She's. I thought rage. that I thought that she was just gonna use him as a human dildo or something. I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't quite <laughs> sure what she could have. She literally could have. She could have really engulfed his whole body if she wanted to. <laughs> no doubt about that. I mean, that I think I think this is vagina. I think this film is an allegory about being gay because, I mean, after seeing this movie, it, I'm never going back to the vagina ever again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Same. <laughs> That I mean, reminded it's... me of that movie Teeth. Remember that movie Teeth? Yeah. Oh, she yeah. had teeth oh, in her vagina. <laughs> just like, you know, the vagina is just a scary place, apparently. Well, the vagina, <laughs> the thing, another thing is, but the vagina doesn't make much sense anyway, because it looks like she had a vagina and a C section. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she had a like, tentacle in her vagina. It still was, yeah, exactly. Then you had this long mm-hmm. tentacle thing. So it was like the whole, that that was like very confusing to well, me. Well, that was, was like, nothing. That was her nubbin for loving. Nubbin. <laughs> nubbin for loving. Big ass nubbin. And I think that's what I thought towards the end when the sister fall when they fall down. I thought the thing came out and was inside of her, her sister and impregnating her or turning her whatever. And just because I feel like if you see it at the end, it looks like that thing does that to her. And I'm like, what? What oh, is going like on? There's an eye looking out of her vagina. Yeah. I, I, no, I that, thought it, I thought it was just an overgrown clitoris. Clitoris. That was a very overgrown clitoris. <laughs> I don't 
don't know whether I should be jealous. He's like, I see you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bringing you back to Mother Earth. Can you imagine having sex with somebody and someone's got an eyeball down there? That would just be my undoing, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. The immaturity, I know. I can't help it. Could be worse. Could be a camera. Yeah, yeah. She could have a whole CC situation going well, on. Well, I think it's the eye of the. It. I think it's the eye of the universe. Everything is watching you. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, she'd be good. She'd be good for colonoscopies. Yeah. Well, there had to be a reason why that was so pronounced. You know, you had the the man in the other movie, nothing, and then you yeah. got this huge vagina on this woman with tentacles. So, I think that was yeah. more though. That's definitely more Lovecraft. There, it's the ambiguity. It was definitely too. more Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, like you, you don't. None of that makes sense. You could try to make sense think, of it. None of it fucking makes sense. I think right. a lot of what happened, a lot of what's wrong with this movie, I think comes from the fact that they. I, it feels like they're trying to force like a shared universe out of it, and that Maybe. could be why the things were so overtly Lovecraftian in this movie. That's a good point, Like, Joe. you needed the tentacles. You needed this. You needed this because we have to We have to set up for the next movie. And I don't know if it's ever going to come or not, but I feel like that's, that's, what, that's what was happening here, is we got to get this in there because we have to set up for this, for this movie and this movie and this movie. That might be it. Yeah, I, to, I, I think it would have been a lot... I think it would have been a lot more interesting if they turned the castle frigging to hermaphrodite. That was male and female. Yeah. yeah. Because then what and then what you have is like, you know, so what you have is first of all, hermaphrodites are considered an abomination within religious right. faith anyway. So you'd be able to tie into that. Also, you would have like a a unis uh, like a unisexual kind of monster that kind of goes through the HP Lovecraftian way anyway. Because the HP Lovecraftian films um monsters are asexual anyway they're not right. they're sexual yeah. beings but they're sex male and female sex combined right. yeah and that's what his whole thing was and it would have kind of tied into that and you've been able to tie in all your universes together yeah sort of thing. it would actually would think, have been made sense if the sister became like what you said like the sister became where i'm gonna protect my sister and this thing like she got pregnant by the guy like her boyfriend like that would have made more sense that like when the two of the sisters came together, it like now she's going to give birth to this next new God. And then the sister would have been there to be helping her. Like, I'm going to help you with this, you know, prophecy. Was there anybody doing continuity? on? There's always somebody doing continuity. I mean, maybe uh, that's more of the issue with this film that, I mean, he could have got different actors for some of it, but I'm kind I of mean, wondering if they, if they just got, a bunch of friends together and let's make a movie it that's what it feels fun. like it, yeah it, does, it doesn't feel like there was anyone there to be subjective i think it's like every i think it feels like one of those projects where everyone's talking about how great each other is but no one's actually looking at it individually mm-hmm. and it's like oh oh yeah yo duke go with us you're, oh, you're doing fantastic you're doing, oh god no no you're doing oh god this is really going we're all fantastic here and if yeah. it has that kind of feel where no one's had no one has an objective eye over everything and i th- i think that needed an objective eye because they said before if they if they planned it out you know i mean this is all done in script form anyway if they went through the script and they go actually there's a lot of good ideas here but let's make this a bit more intelligent let's yeah. make this more of a you know they could have gone for an a listing type looking film with a really good script because it is it is in there 
Yeah. Just that for some reason, I think they're just I, basically. I think they were circle jerking each other. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, think, I, I I think that it, it. I don't know if he brought it all together. He could have probably. I think think what Joe was saying is maybe he was trying to tie it all up. You know, maybe there is something in the pipeline later that would make more sense. But I mean, it's just a matter of getting from point A to point B. This, you know. Well, that's what I mean. Is you sometimes have to think of the long game versus this was clearly not well thought out. It was like let's rush to get to this next one so we can now tell that story. And I think, you know, we were talking about we were talking about aliens and how that franchise is. If you don't think of a long game and get to that to that point to where you think here's how we can keep evolving it. You're just going to keep making movies to like satiate the audience. Like here, we're going to make here, we're making this. What do you think? You know, you're not thinking of the long game, you know? Right. I think, I also think that um, Tate Steinsick, who directed this, I think the way that the way that he directed it is, is not bad. I think he's got yeah. an idea, but it kind of reminds me of um, oh, Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead. Where he had a lot of good ideas, and the film looks good. I mean, yeah. you know, he did really good, but it doesn't. None of it's connecting like it yeah. should, like the original did. So you got like when you saw Tom Savini do his first direct, and Tate is a makeup artist as well, right. and I think he's so you got so you get a good look, and yeah. I mean the special effects and everything are good, but I think that maybe he doesn't really understand. Maybe he doesn't understand scripts because maybe I, th- I think being a makeup artist sometimes is like you look at scripts, but you look at what's important to you and what you need to do in a script, but you don't actually look at the, how the whole script comes together. And maybe if they had a director who knew how a whole script came together, they probably would have been able to fix all this before they started filming. Yeah. Because, you know, I, the professor could have been, you know, a bit more interesting. It could be like, you know, instead of having all these drug freak friends coming over to visit, it they could have been people that they knew um and that they went they all go into college and their favorite teacher came and joined them professor yeah like a professor yeah Yeah. and and they they could have done you know something interesting that another thing is that maybe not have them like oh look aren't we cool we have like let's party let's do some ecstasy yay let's drive me home yay car accident where if they you know something happened let's say that she was pregnant and they were a couple and they're and they're celebrating their anniversary and she's pregnant and then they go and then they basically go on a drive they get in a car accident then he suffers from guilt and they're you know and then and they, they inherit this but she they lose a baby right then and there you change the emphasis right there yeah and yeah and now now you got him that even though he might turn to drugs or whatever like this but now he's now he's dealing with grief and everything like this yeah. so therefore you'd have more emphasy here and mm-hmm. then she's dealing with a loss but then she's now an orphan she has no one in the world except the husband they're trying to work out that guilt scenario and now now there's her sister that you know that a long lost family member that's there that might be can and he have that connection there so there are ways that they could have fixed all this and kept everything the way it is yeah but they just need to execute it better and a better script because you know the lines aren't bad it's just that the 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 association with the characters is bad yeah they don't nothing of it's jiving together yeah and nothing of it like you care you don't care about any of the characters and that's important like you should care about at least a couple of the characters you're just kind of like at the end i was like okay <laughs> they all die you're like okay but see i didn't i didn't see the acting i didn't see the acting as bad no, i didn't think they were bad all. actors <laughs> i was i mean i've seen worse <laughs> actors like in an amityville horror film oh yeah I think, those. I think the professor is very wooden 
yeah. beyond that, beyond that, I don't have any problem with any of the acting. I just think the he black, was also the, the black guy's good. Well, the juxtaposition of characters, right? So you have yeah. the only smart analytical one versus a bunch of people who are just wait, you know, they're just like, I don't really care. You know, that's that that's the juxtaposition you have. Yeah, why are you hanging out with them then? Uh, that's what I mean. It's like I don't, they get don't it. care I don't about get anything it. you have to say. Yeah. Why are you hanging out with them? Yeah. Well, another thing is, as soon as the um, the four Americans show up, you know that they're there. Just they're, you know that they're only there to be killed off. It's like watching a Friday Thirteenth film. You right. know that they're only yeah. there to be killed off. Sort yeah. of like having the red shirts from Star Trek show up. That's basically what it is. <laughs> the, the dead points, as they call them. <laughs> yeah, the and dead. Yeah, points. I just think I just think that they. I think they. I think they just missed a very good opportunity where they could have had an excellent film. Yeah, because all the components yeah. are there. I just think it's just badly. I think the script is just badly put together. And I just think you got to have people to care about if you want a film to succeed. I mean, even in X, even, there's some horrible people in X, but you do care about them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or, and, you know, Pearl or even, um, even the menu. I mean, those characters are fucking horrible, but you do yeah. care about them. I you love that like movie. Them. I forgot about that. That was great. Y'all need to watch the menu. Slow burn. Excellent movie. Money HBO Max. No excuses. Go see it. Yeah. It's on Disney Plus in the UK. Highly recommend yeah. it. But there, I mean, but there you get, I mean, you have a whole film full of not likable characters, but you, you care what's happening to them. So there is a yeah. way to do that. Yeah. Right. You just have to measure it out so well you thing. love to hate them right and that's still loving the characters you know at least yeah. it's evoking some kind of you know something out of you some feeling love hate something not just numb you know not indifference yeah. <laughs> like you're just indifferent to the characters you know yeah um but you know the girl that shows up shelly she shows up and has her milk bath so that was interesting and <laughs> i hope that was a milk bath and not just i hope water. it was too <laughs> Yeah. It could be the the circle jerk from Caligula scene, but <laughs> so David, is there anything else you would like to add about Castle Freak from twenty twenty? He loved it. So yeah, so um, so as I said, really disliked the movie, but I like the concept that they kind of put together. But there were too many concepts not explored yeah. enough, if that makes sense. There's too much going on. Yeah, That's too much going on. Instead of focusing one thing or two things and then going with it, so interesting the thing when, you, when i don't know which one of you mentioned the idea of like having a female power sort of thing so i've noticed a lot of little things around so you know first of all the shape of the symbol that they use i think is a upside down triangle which is in esotericism is the symbol of the female power etc right. and then obviously the female sisters instead of being the father from the old movies and the weird brother cousin sort of thing um Obviously, the vagina is a symbol of power to summon the god. I can't remember his name. Your source of something, um, and also the idea that the monster sisters kind of raping the boyfriend to take the seed, sort of thing. Right. So it's kind of like the idea of the female power. But then they, compared to the old monster in the old movie, the the male monster who's kind of like scared to touch the blind girl. You know, I, I don't know. It's it's there are ideas, but not taken ahead in the game. If that makes sense, and there was too much going on, and even the Lovecraftian absurd. It's just I don't know. All over the little bit, all over the place, and it as as um, 
as you said also before, as John said before, this you lose the interest of the, you lose the mysteries, um, the story. Also, the relate they put the youngster people like being the relatable characters, but they stereotyped and useless, and you don't care about them. But right. another interesting thing I've noticed is the kind of like the um, a position of good and evil sort of thing. So at the beginning, you have the mother who's kind of be raped and sacrificed, and she's praying God, oh gosh, you know, trying to beat the monsters and whatever, because you don't deserve to leave. And then she dies. But again, it's not taken anywhere. So it's kind of like eh, meh as a movie. I didn't yeah. really like it. Really didn't like it. <laughs> really liked the, the, old, the, the previous one much more. That seems to be the general consensus from what I've read throughout <clears throat> the internet and whatnot. Sorry, yes. with you, Vix. How many vaginas do you give this? And <laughs> that's pretty big. Gaping big vaginas. How much? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to, I hate to be unkind about it because there's lots of about it that I liked and I saw where he was going with it. He just didn't get there. But I'll just give it like a three and a half or a four. And, you know, I mean, it, it needs extra points just for that, the JJ, because that was impressive. But. <laughs> You know, that that's that was something that I mean, I don't even know what the hell you do with something like that. I mean, I just love where he was going with it. I just wish something, I don't know. I guess maybe we'll see. Maybe there's something else coming. We don't know. Never know. What about yourself, Joe? How many vaginas do you give this? <laughs> uh, three, because I really like the gore effects. Me I too. Really, I really love the castle. Um, there are areas where, like everyone said, it's beautifully shot. The script is definitely lacking. Um, the only male character that is somewhat redeemable, the performance isn't that good. He's just very wooden. Uh, yeah, that's, that would be the professor. Um, those are the only, you know, the, the story, you know, yeah, the writing and the... Um, and the the acting of the professor because everybody else like keith said everybody else is kind of fine like you know that uh it's really more if you're going into this uh, into this version of castle freak you're there for the insane special effects and you're there for um these um you know th th these beautiful shots of the castle th these beautiful landscapes when they're outside yeah. when, when they're outside walking the grounds of the castle I wonder why there isn't more of that in the movie. That's, that's a good point, actually. Because yeah. it's so gorgeous. It is. The castle they shot in is so gorgeous and gigantic. Um, that being said, I also like the little alley area where the uh, the, the, the drug dealer gets killed. I <laughs> it, it did actually, you know, it, that, that part felt kind of claustrophobic. And I, I appreciate that. So yeah, I'm in the middle on this three because the effects are so great, and the land, you know, the, the landscape shots are so great. Um, but yeah, the story's weak. Um, the the characters are unlikable. The characters are mostly unlikable, except for uh, except for uh, Rebecca, uh, you know, our blind girl. She she's the only likable person in this film. Uh, that's about it. That's that's where I stand, right in the middle. Mm -hmm. What about yourself, John? 
I am going to be brutal. I'm going to give two vaginas, one for each sister. Um, I just say like you, you plant a seed of mystery and you never let it grow. And it, the, and you muddled a film with a lot of pointless scenes, like just the scenes with the friends, the scenes where he's walking around the castle. This like, there's just scenes are like very point pointless and painful scenes. And I, I like, you know, I, I will say the directing is great. The production is great. The effects are great, but there's too much of the, of the, the movie where I would never watch this movie again. That's just personally, I, I like, great. It's done. It's over. Awesome. You know, like, I just feel like it was one of these films where it had potential, but I just feel like there was too much going against yeah. it. Like there's too many things going against that. The the lack of mystery is like you start a movie with a mystery and then you're like never went anywhere with it. You're like okay, you know. So, so now we know what to buy John for his birthday. And <laughs> you <laughs> bitch. How many vaginas do you give this? One, I'm afraid. I'm pretty, very anti-biased against this one. I really dislike it. It's thought I was bad. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really, really disliked. I dis I really dislike the fact that they used this weird stranger friends coming over the scene. So they could have been the idea that they had. They could have had the idea of like when in the old movie when the family is going to a different country, different people. It's the anxiety of not knowing how to deal with a cultural different hobby, different stories, and the monster and whatever. They didn't do it here. The guy brought all the friends, so it became like, oh, I'm going to take my friends here. So it's going to be like, oh, we are in control. We are the cool one. Then some suddenly weird thing happens. They all get killed, but it's fine. So there's no mystery. There's no, it's completely unrelatable. It's just, even the idea of doing something completely different, like a Lovecraftian story um, with the absurd and cosmic horror or whatever, it's just all the opportunity has just been taken away. And I can imagine even the future movies, people might be like, yeah, but we know the hard, you know, H.P. Lovecraft topics are difficult. So in the next movie they might do in the future would be like, yeah, but you know what happened with Castle Freak, the second, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a very, I could give it a zero if I could, but it's just one. I'm very, very disliked this movie. There's really no like, rules. You could give it a zero. <laughs> there is you no can give it a zero. Then it's a zero. You don't have to like it. You know, because I feel like if you really don't like something, I've been there before where I'm like, I can't, I can't give it any, you know, and I, I've had that before where it's just, you know, you yeah. don't see the value in something. I've, again, I will say I saw the value in the production and the direction and the location and how they shot things. I see some of the value, but I get it. Totally. Yeah, but these days, and please, please, I hope this doesn't sound, come across offensive. I mean, I'm not a person with no. money, but any person with money can do anything these days. Even an idiot can film a movie and sell it. And that's what it felt like. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> But I've got, I'm not trained or I don't have don't knowledge like, or I'm not like trained. Um, and then no, it's fine. We understand, that, we understand you have a fear of the vagina and that's how you come up with your story. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> or getting oh, that's a very scary vagina. We kind of just <laughs> threw him in, in here, like, you know, sink or swim. We just kind of threw him into the water here. So it's <laughs> like, great. What is the next one going to be like? Jesus. <laughs> it gets worse. You know, it does get worse, honey. That's yeah. I mean, gore and vaginas. What's worse? Buckle up. Next week. Next week. 
going for movies with vaginas just because of you now. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. Season seven, the year of the vagina. <laughs> I put it in the middle of the road because I love the gore in this movie. And I thought that that was like the only really like great thing about this movie is the, is the gore. And now we're talking to a guy who's like, I don't like gore in movies. Well, if you take away the one thing. <laughs> but see, I don't what like the gonna gore. Get? You're going to get a zero. I don't like the gore, but then in the old movie, for how much I disliked the fact that this woman was having her boobs eaten live, and yet I appreciated the way it was filmed and the story and everything. So, like, okay, there's gore, but the story is okay. I liked it. That's the thing. It, it's it's, con it's contextual, on. right? So it's contextual yeah. where you're seeing that. You know, I don't like. I don't. Not a big gore person either. Um, however, if if it has a purpose, then to me, I'm fine with it. Yeah. If someone yeah. is getting chased down and getting stabbed or getting beat up or whatever, and they're getting, you know, their arm cut off, that to me is contextual versus like for fun. Like I'm not, I'm the same. Yeah, I'm, the same. Not a, I'm, the I'm not same. a big sadist in that way. Well, I am a sadist and he's got a thing. Shocking. Um, but I am going to give it a two. And the reason I'm giving it a two is because I, you know, I like the way it's filmed. I like I like the idea behind it. It's just that it doesn't. There's no payoff, and I just think that if they spend a little bit more time on the script, I think we could have had something very, very wonderful here. But there's so many missed opportunities that it's a really shame because I don't blame the director. I just blame the script. And I think that they could have fixed all this before they even started filming. There's no yeah. reason why that couldn't have been yeah. fixed mm -hmm. because yeah. I don't think it's the actors. Okay. The professor might've been a bit wooden, but at the same time, if they fixed out what these, these core people joining there, they sorted them out and then tried to make them so hip and happening. And look at us. We're so, we're yeah, so modern. young and beautiful yeah. and we yeah. love our drugs. And it's kind of like, fitting everything into these stereotypes and i think it's the stereotyping mm -hmm. that that creates a lot of problems yeah. here the stereotyping of the friends because they're hip and cool so basically the female has to have a, a lot of cool you know tattoos and you know and then you know and then we you know and then the professor this movie because he's smart he's wearing glasses <laughs> so therefore he's gonna have glasses and the locals all have to be ugly and you know there's a lot of stereotyping that they probably could have if they broke yeah. against the stereotyping they could have had something quite wonderful here and just yeah Basically, I blame the script. I think it could. You, there's so much. When I watched this film, I just looked at the. There's so much potential here that was missed, and I yeah, just think really. that it's a shame, really. You know. Also, you know, I, I said the professor, you know, came off wooden. That might not have been his fault. It could have been. This is. This Maybe is the so dialogue bad. as it's yeah. written. Or, the, or this is how you, we want you to play it, right? We want you to be the person that's better than all these losers, right? We want you to be pompous and arrogant and very. You know, no emotions, more logic, right? All logic based, but no emotion based, and that's that's how he plays it. Still, but it's still, it's like, well, then why is he? Why are these people friends with him? I know, and why I is agree. he friends with them? <laughs> yeah, like that's, Precisely. that's that's the thing. Why why would I talk to these people who don't take me seriously? And if I'm on the other side of that, why am I friends with this guy who talks down to me all the time? Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's really no reason for any of them to. Unless they're just like childhood friends, but that's not the indication that I got. No, but yeah, have you guys yeah. have you guys ever watched the movie uh, Cabinet in the Wood? It feels like this one. It's kind of like oh no, the stereotypes make sense. <laughs> it's kind oh of oh, like... Cabinet in the Wood. Oh yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. totally, yeah. It's like oh yeah, yeah. That, that's why that kind of Cabin in movie. the Woods. <laughs> I, I was the same way in that movie because my friends kept saying, oh my God, you have to see this movie. You have to see this movie. And I just remember going, I, I didn't care for it. And they're like, what? Oh my God. And because it's exactly what Key said, they 
they played too much on these stereotypes that it overwhelmed the film in the a really one, bad so, way. The first one, the it's like, second. you know, let's go have sex, let's do drugs. And it's like, okay, you know, it's where, it's where you get it's where you get to go too meta with something. I yeah. think that's what Cabin in the Woods. I love I, I do enjoy Cabin in the Woods. And it's one of those films that let wash over me, but yeah, I can't think too closely because it does get a bit too meta. It's kind of yeah. like, okay, well, that was my issue. Yeah, it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm, we're too knowing what we're doing, you know, sort of thing. at the end of the literary license podcast next week will be our eminem monsters and madness we'll be covering the little girl who lives down the lane we'll look about pedophilia in 1975 <laughs> america and alice sweet alice where we'll look at basically what happens when one little girl is more favored for communion and the murderous sister behind it who decides to hang out with a bunch of other pedophiles in a and on Tenement Building in 1975, New York. Yay! <laughs> and of course, um, our books or screens will be covering The Color Purple by Alice Walker and the 1985 Steven Spielberg film that was snubbed badly for the Oscars for The Color Purple. And of course, we'll be continuing on with Do um, Doctor Who. We'll be covering the Key of Morenus storyline from 1964, which aired in March of that year. And of course, Batman. We'll be continuing our Batman episodes, which will include the following episodes. will be Feet of Clay, Part 1 and Part 2, Vendetta, and Fear of Victory. And of course, Make Remake next month will be Scarface from 1932 and the Brian De Palma Classic from 1983. So it's good night for myself. Good night, Vix. Night, everybody. Good night, David. Good night, everyone. Good night, John. Three dreams, everybody. Don't let the freak get you. <laughs> good night, Joe. Good night, everyone. <clears throat> and from all of us at Literary License Podcast, to all of you, Beware of the vagina. Good night. <laughs>